Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Hello, Gotham City citizens, and welcome to the one and only Sacred Icon Show, where we talk all things Halo. But if you're tuning into tonight's special broadcast, you're tuning in to Oddball, where we talk about things outside of the Halo universe. As the weather begins its long crawl to sub-zero temperatures, as the leaves begin to crunch under the crows that give a scare... As the long Halloween draws near, and those dressed up with clay faces roam the streets and dodge the local poison ivy, <laughs> all eyes look to the one who can solve the biggest puzzle of all. Riddle me this, riddle me that, who's Gotham's biggest Arkham asshat? It's me, <laughs> Mr. J, Joshy Quinn. And joining with me, as always, is the one who was excommunicated from the gang of vicious psychopaths, Brian Arvett. Hey, man, this is cool. This is like a low-key Halloween episode, even though it's Batman-themed. I love it. It is, man. Amazing intro. I I wonder how many people just after your intro, they just pause it and they sit back and they just stare into the night sky and they go, how does he do it time and time again? Batman's associated long. (laughs) Batman has a long association with Halloween. Where's the trigger? Where do you want to give it to an ordinary citizen? <laughs> I like somebody yeah. typed that out online and they were like, they spelled it when he, shittison because that's how the sound was spelled. <laughs> <out. laughs> ordinary <laughs> shittison. Uh, yeah, funny. guys, so. That's funny. If you, if you can't tell by the episode title and Josh's intro, today we're going to talk about Batman. Uh, we mostly 
we're going to talk about the Arkham video games, but we figured, you know, with the DC fandom uh, Batman stuff that recently came out, we'll just kind of touch on some other Batman stuff, what, what we like about Batman the most, but it'll mostly be about the Arkham games, I think. Uh, but first, I want to pass over to Josh and ask Josh how you first got into Batman, what your exposure was to Batman, and like up through until now. Hell yeah, bet. So my first exposure was uh, Batman Returns in 92. That was my first introduction to Batman. I remember being a bigger fan of the animated series. I think that's what like, you know, it's like one of those things where you see just you see a movie and you're like, this is awesome. I'm into it. But you, as a kid, you're not thinking about if it's going to have some lasting appeal on you and stuff like yeah. that. But then the show like carried it through. It like defined that I, it, it, it made me realize that I was going to be a Batman fan long term. But it was Batman Returns for sure. That dark, brooding, gothic Tim Burton aesthetic, you know, and the the awesome plot with getting the setup with Catwoman, you know, and then Christopher Walken being in there doing his thing and uh, the Penguin. And I mean, it's just such a fun movie. And it's still crazy to me nowadays because that was my first introduction to Batman. So him straight up killing people. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what Batman does. He just, yeah. if he decides on the guy. He's like, you're excommunicated from Gotham City, you bitch. <laughs> and he just kills him. But no, then come to find out years later, everyone's like, no, this is like a, this is, this is a rare thing. And they're like, you got to read Frank Miller, Frank Miller's, um, Dark Knight Returns where he has like an AK 47 and machine gun. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I'll I think, check I, it I think out I'm someday. more like, I prefer Batman not killing, but I think, I think in like the Tim Burton films when he killed, it seemed less over the top. My problem with like the recent Snyder stuff is that it seems to be making a, a show out of murder. And, you know, that's that's what rubs me the wrong way with Batman as much. It's like, it sounds know, like a I daytime like, soap opera that I would absolutely watch. What's that? A show of murder. I think that's show what you said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, could, I don't know. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, I just feel like in Tim Burton's, he wasn't trying to kill them, but he mm -hmm. would if he had to. Whereas Snyder's version, it's like, let's kill. This is badass. You know, I think for Keaton's Batman, it just depended on the day. Yeah. 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 I woke up on the wrong side of the bat bed. Yeah. He's like Gotham City by day is a pretty beautiful place. But we're not here for joy and sunlight. We're here for darkness. You know, dude, I... I, I I'm, <laughs> what was your introduction, your... Brian? Well, okay, I guess that was your... Okay, it's totally... No, I still got more I can add to that, but yeah. Well, what's crazy, I did not... This is, this is like, shameful as a Batman fan. I did not discover until literally within the last 30 days that the entirety of the Batman animated series all the way through the Arkham games only were able to exist because they were inspired by Tim Burton's films. I did not know that. Like they literally, I did not. You didn't know that, yeah? They, I, didn't I, know, no, I did not. Literally, the oh. animated series was based around Tim Burton's aesthetic and darkness for for Batman. Mm. They based it. They well, used see this that. movie. Yeah, did not. Yeah, ever and put course, that together. Of course, the Arkham games are just based off the animated series, so it all comes full circle. And it's funny because like my favorite Batman movies have always been the Nolan Christopher Nolan film ones. Which it's weird nowadays. You get people who are like. Yeah, totally. Christopher Nolan's films are the best. And you get some people who are like, are you shitting me? That's the worst Batman ever. I'm, it's just, it's, <laughs> I see that a lot nowadays. It's, it's crazy how yeah. polarizing it is. Um, well, I, but, think, I feel like those Batman films now, like I look at them kind of different. They're, they're like way more like serious, a little more realistic. And they yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I'll say. Well, I'll say right off the bat, I mm -hmm. care for the animated ver universe more than I do even Nolan's films. As far as live action goes, I like the films, Nolan's films the best. But, you know, for the representation, I love the animated series in Arkham. Mm -hmm. But I think what it is, 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 you know, as time's gone on and we've had more Batman since, it's become quite obvious that Christopher Nolan's Batman films were Christopher Nolan films featuring Batman. You know, they, they were not steeped in this, like, mythicness of Batman. It was more like a realistic spin. Uh, but they were done so, the movies were done so well. So I think it's hard for people to go, 
you know, because sometimes it's hard to reconcile in your brain what you're thinking, because you might be thinking, that's not how I like Batman represented, so you just go, Christopher Nolan movies suck, when in reality, it's okay to say, I don't like the representation of Batman in this in these films, but acknowledge the films are really, really quality. Yeah. I, some people would argue Dark Knight Rises. I still think it's an adequate film, but... I don't think you do, right? You don't like it, Josh. I don't like right. it as much, but I still think yeah. that it's, it's adequate. It's good, like, you know, base level good, at least, yeah. I would feel. No, absolutely. Um, I wouldn't But no, my exposure that. to Batman was basically my earliest memory. I'm guessing the animated show... So the animated show would be my second earliest memory, but I'm guessing the animated show actually came first because my earliest memory is I had this really, really awesome, badass... Like, I think about it, I'm like, man, so cool. I'd still, I'd still keep it if I had it now. It was a Batman... Uh, one of those, it wasn't like, you know, like you have the action figures, but then you have the nice, big, tall size ones that are like a foot tall. They're oh, yeah. less action figures. They're more like, a, I guess you could say a doll, I yeah. guess. I had one of those. And thinking about it now, it must have been from one of the movies. I'm guessing it was either Val Kilmer or George Clooney's. That was probably what was coming out in relevant nice. when I nice. had it. And it was this really cool Batman action figure that was like a foot tall, but his leg broke off. And it made me so oh. sad because... His leg would break off, and then I'd get mom to t- my mom to tape it up. And of course, you know, as a kid, I don't I don't know how to accurately fix things. So my mom would put yeah. like scotch tape around his leg. Well, then I'd play with it for two seconds. His leg would break off, and I'd be like, "Mom, mom, that man's broken again." <laughs> At she's that like, point, no, she's we'll, pissed. We'll take care of it, honey. So I remember eventually she just freaking duct taped Batman's leg back on, where it was like half of his whole thigh and his torso was covered in duct tape to keep <laughs> I just the leg. That on. doll being taken out into the garage and the Batman toys just screaming toward you. No. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so I ended up, yeah, I ended up having, you know, a lot of my memory with that Batman toy was it covered in duct tape. It was ridiculous, but I mm-hmm. uh, never did get it properly fixed. But yeah, then then it was the animated series watching it on, I don't know, it must have been Saturday morning cartoons that that came Box out. Box Kids, but, I think it was, yeah. You know, watching the animated series and uh, I don't think Batman live action stuff, like, the t- it's weird. The Tim Burton movies pretty much passed me by till I was in my teen years. Okay. Because you know I'm a little younger than Josh, so you know I was yeah, born in '92. I'm a lot older. What's that? Look at that gray hair. Yeah, I'm a lot older. I actually now. have a lot of gray hair. It's fortunate you can't see it though through the camera. It's nice. Where's it at, Brian? Uh, it's all it's all scattered between my brown hair. <laughs> yeah. I actually pulled this giant long gray hair out this morning. It was awful. It was actually silver. I was like, maybe I can be a silver. Silver and gold. Um. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, no, yeah. so I was born in 92, so I don't know what year, what year was Val Kilmer's, was that 93 or 94? 95. 95? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Val Kilmer's would have been, you know, I would have been three, and then the George, the George Clooney one, is that Batman and Robin? Yes, that's Batman and Robin, that was 97, probably, I think? Yeah, that's probably the one that was most relevant to me, because uh, I was old enough to understand it, so five Hell years old. Hell yeah. So. I really liked it as a kid, obviously. I didn't see any problems with it because I was a kid. But, you know, of course, now I'm not a big... I know you like those films a lot. No, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I really don't care too I'll much get into that in a minute. George Clooney or Val Kilmer one. But that was kind of my first exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and then I remember, I remember uh, kind of like... So I grew up with, like, you know, the action figure, the animated series, and the, the Val Kilmer and George Clooney ones. And then there was this little gap of time where I wasn't into Batman quite as much, probably from, like, 2000 to 2005. And then Kyle, my friend Kyle, came over, and we rented Batman Begins. It had just come out on mm, DVD. Yes. And we watched it, and we were like, I think that's the best Batman movie ever. That was awesome. And it really is really a really good Batman movie. And then, you know, after that, 
once again, I kind of just let my Batman fandom lapse. And then one day, uh, a couple friends were like, do you want to come see the new Batman movie with me, with us? And it was like, The Dark Knight was coming out. And somehow, you know, even though 2008, you know, obviously in 2007, I was completely aware of gaming and Halo 3 and stuff like that. But in 2008, for some reason, uh, The Dark Knight just kind of eclipsed me. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand the hype. I did, I did understand, like, whoa, Heath Ledger died. And he didn't get to yeah, see this movie yeah. come out. Uh, like, that's something so. to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get, like, you know, why this movie is so exciting. Well, I went opening night to The Dark Knight, um, even though I wasn't looking forward to it. Just my friends invited me. We got there. Theater was absolutely packed. And when I watched it, it's funny how things work over time. Because when I watched when I watched Dark Knight, I was I was blown away. I was like, this is... I, th- I probably walked out of there saying it was the best movie I'd ever seen. You know, it was one of those things where you caught up in it. I was just like, this mm-hmm. mesmerizing. Couldn't believe it. Um, which is funny because nowadays, you know, I've watched The Dark Knight somewhere upwards of 30 times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I watched it multiple <laughs> times a year. Um, so it's now it's like, you know, I can recite every word. I don't, though, because people who do that are super annoying. I don't want to hear your Dark Knight or your Joker. Oh, he's led a Joker impression. Oh, I was going to say, I've, I've done that with Star Wars, but yeah, not quite. No, bad. but people, I would be in, I remember being in high school and people come up to me and they'd be like, do you want to know who I got these cars? And I'm like, no, I want you to shut up because oh, it's dude, not. 2008, 2009 was a terrible time for Halloween. Uh, people would not shut up about that. I'm like, Yo, you're not Heath Ledger, okay? I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, so nowadays it's like the movie is so... Like, where I first saw the movie, I was like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And now I've seen it so many times, I'm like, oh, Dark Knight's a fantastic movie. But it is just a movie. You know, and then, of course, by the time... So, that, so Dark Knight came out. That was amazing. Then I started seeing stuff for Arkham Asylum. And, and in the Game Informer... I think I got a Game Informer in the cover story was, was Arkham Asylum. And I thought to myself, this is what's sad. So I opened the Game Informer, like, what are they doing to Batman? I'm like, Christopher Nolan created these amazing Batman movies. And now they're screwing it up by making the stupid like big bulky cartoony looking Batman and none of this stuff looks like Christopher Nolan's films what the heck and which on one hand obviously that was stupid but you gotta understand where it came from they just released the Batman Begins not too long prior and then the uh, Batman Begins game and then you had the movies so I was like what are they doing here so I thought that game's gonna suck Um, and then so as time passed eventually my brother my little brother noah my parents bought him arkham asylum for his birthday like mm. used because it was one of those things where it's like noah was younger so it was like oh it's just a kid's game get it for noah so noah had it in his room and then i remember a couple years later i was over at our friend justin's house and we were talking about batman or something and he's like have you ever played arkham asylum and i'm like no nah, my brother got that game for his birthday and, and justin's like it's really good like really good i'm like really like are you sure he's like no it's it's really good i'm like Hmm. Well, maybe I'll try it. So I went over to back. I drove because me and Justin lived a mile from each other. So I drove back over to our house. Yeah, I drove back over to our house and I went up to Noah and I'm like, hey, do you mind if I play your Batman Arkham game? He's like, oh, sure, if you can find it. And it's in his room. Like the case and the disc are not together. The disc is just thrown somewhere. The case is thrown somewhere. The disc is scratched. (laughs) Sounds like Noah. Yeah, (laughs) the disc is scratched to all hell. It it seemed like it would not play. But um, took it back over to Justin, started Mm -hmm. playing it wasn't that long at all i was enthralled i was like this game is freaking amazing um my favorite my favorite representation nowadays of batman is definitely the the uh, animated series but anyways to go through that a little quicker um i was super oh, excited take for, your time i was super I'm excited scared. for dark knight rises as it came out mm-hmm. um when i saw dark knight rises i walked out of that thinking it was mind-blowing as well i know okay. a lot of other people didn't have that thought process but i loved it i loved uh, tom hardy as bane and um, I love Catwoman and, and yeah. Hathaway. Yeah, I thought it was 
I thought it was great. It was great stuff. So, and then of course, well, actually, I kind of skipped over it. Arkham City came out the year before uh, Dark Knight Rises. I waited for that yeah. at midnight, and I remember when I went to the midnight launch at GameStop to get Arkham City. There was a guy dressed like Scarecrow from Arkham Asylum, and it was it was it was on point. I mean, it was pitch perfect. He was the same like height. He was the same. He was skinny. He had the needles coming out of his fingers. The mask. It was amazing. It was really cool. But then again, there was nice. also like, you know, this is not me. I'm not fat shaming at all, but there was also a guy there dressed just like Heath Ledger's Joker, who was a very, very, very big guy. Oh, and nice. He was, do, he was doing the lines and stuff like that. And I was like, well, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I think everyone just got so jaded on the Joker one. It was just, it became yeah. too common for how, like for Halloween, it was the, it was the go-to costume for males, you know? Oh just, yeah, dude. Years, years later, Kyle even dressed his kid um, in, as the Heath Ledger Joker for Halloween. Like it just, it went on forever. Yeah. But yeah, I remember even there was this uh, there was this kid Justin would know who I'm talking about. There was this kid that went to our high school who he made it a habit of every Halloween dressing up as a character and coming to school in full makeup, and then they would send Ooh, him home. That's cool. From school I was because say, that's so cool. Yeah, and one year he showed up to school dressed as Heath Ledger's Joker, and he looked a lot like him. And he also had like two of his friends play like. Heath Ledger's henchman or something. It was really cool, but he got sent home. He got sent <laughs> Dude, home. That's so cool. He's got to be doing cosplay now, right? Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. I haven't, wow. I haven't kept in touch with him. But that's impressive. Uh, yeah. So uh, the arc, pretty much like the you know, I, I grew up with you know the uh, Batman and Robin and um, Batman Forever, and then the animated series and my action figure and stuff. And then my height of like Batman, you know, excitement was definitely around you know when Arkham. There was that peppered release of. Dark Knight movie, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Dark Knight Rises. Um, I never really gravitated. Sorry, Matthew Salvatore. I never really gravitated towards Snyder's Batman stuff. I don't hate it or anything, and I also think that uh, uh, Ben Affleck looks like a perfect Batman. Anthony Allo listened to this too. Is like, hey, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. What am I saying, right? Um, but no. So really, then you know, kind of after arc so after dark knight rises then my my next big thing was i was waiting for arkham knight to come out and i was so excited for arkham knight i could be misremembering this but i almost think they announced arkham knight no i don't know they either are they either announced arkham knight but then announced arkham origins after and it came out first or they just never announced arkham knight and we all assumed they were working on batman because basically what, what, happened year, is, what year did that release arkham 2013 Origins. was arkham okay. origins arkham origins 2013 so because the thing is Arkham City came out in 2011, and then by the time it got to 2013, we were all expecting, you know, the release for Rocksteady, like where they're going to announce their next Batman, and it didn't happen. Then they announced Arkham Origins, and it was done by WB Montreal, and everyone was kind of like, what? Like, I thought, like, Rocksteady's got to be working. And then the Rocksteady came they? out, and they were like, Rocksteady came out, and they're like, we're working on our next game. We need more time, so to hold you over, here's Origins. So Origins came out, got really excited for Origins. Um... I didn't think Origins was going to be good because it was by someone else, and then it came out and the reviews weren't that good, and all the people on comment sections were like, oh, it sucks, it's horrible, it's the worst Batman game ever. And I played Origins, and I was like, this game is freaking, this is good. Like, it had some day one So you didn't think it would be good, but it was good. It was good. It was very good, yes. Um, No, I thought Origins was right up there with Rocksteady's titles, very good game. It had an amazing, like, the Joker interaction between, like, the Joker and Batman in that game arguably, I mean, if somebody said it was the best, I wouldn't blame them. Like, it's probably not my number one, but, like, it was really good. Uh, so, love that. And then kind of the peak of, you know, Batman excitement was waiting for Arkham Knight. And then Josh can remember me getting so excited for that and everything. And that finally, it was going to come out. I think it even got delayed once. Finally, it was going to come out summer of 2015. And Arkham Knight came out. 
I I remember we went to I can't remember. Were you with me, Josh, when we pre-ordered it and got the T-shirts? Is that, mm, is that you? See, I don't think I was. I don't think okay, I was. Okay. Well, we like, pre-ordered it, it at Best Buy, and they gave us like these really cool Arkham Knight T-shirts. I ended up giving my mine to my brother because I grew out of it. I, I got a large, and then I, now I wear XL, so I ended up giving him my large. Um, but so they had really cool shirts. And then I went and got that at midnight. Got home to play Arkham Knight. I'm pretty sure I requested the day off work for that. Uh, yeah. Hell Josh yeah. Remembers me doing that. Yeah. And. Uh, Started playing Arkham Knight, and I was, I mean, to be fair, like when I was playing Arkham Knight, I was enthralled. The Batmobile was so much fun. I was enjoying it. Um, it wasn't until I got to the end of Arkham Knight slash beat it that I was kind of disappointed because I was like, man, that was a whole lot of Batmobile, a whole lot of shooting tanks, and not there wasn't a single boss fight in the game. Like, there's some, like, Batmobile boss fights, but to me, that's not a boss fight. That's just, like, shooting stuff in the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was pretty disappointed with Arkham Knight, and then... You know, the Christopher Nolan films were done. The Rocksteady Batman trilogy was done. And past 2015, you know, I, I really didn't grab... I went to see uh, Batman vs. Superman day one. And as... Uh, uh, I always screw it up. Is it, We always call him ACDC outlaw, but what is it actually? <laughs> it is now to us. He loves He's it. Crimson he loves Cowl it. on Discord. Yeah. You know who I'm it's talking about. Anthony DC outlaw. Yeah, Anthony. Um, He's our ACDC. When I went, as Anthony and Matthew Salvatore know, when I went to see Batman vs. Superman, I didn't like it at all. So so my after Rocksteady's stuff and Christopher Nolan stuff, I kind of faded out of Batman for a bit. Um, I do now appreciate Batman vs. Superman and the Zack Snyder Justice League quite a bit more. Um, but so now we're kind of in this place where we have the Pattinson Batman coming out. Um, I'm replaying Night as we speak. Um, and there is the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game, which is actually a follow-up to Arkham Knight. I think it's hard for some people to realize that because it doesn't really feel like it. Um, but I don't know. I've just been in a Batman mood recently. Josh has been too, and we've been talking about it, so we kind of want to do this episode. But, man, I gave you my whole history. What what, what, what oh, happened I, for you after? The, yeah, after no, I stuff? love that, dude. It's awesome to hear that because um, it actually stirs up a lot for me. So, yeah, so I saw Batman Returns, and I was just floored. I loved the Batmobile. I think the toy line was what really captured me because Marlon, or I think it was Marlon Wayne's, one of the Wayne's brothers was originally cast to be in that film, but then, uh, but like because WB at the time was like, we want you to do. We want you to come back and do this movie to do a sequel. Originally, Tim Burton, when he just did 89's Batman, he wasn't going to do that. Well, he was like, okay, I'll come back and I'll do that, but I got to do it my way. And they're like, well, we want you to be a little more lighthearted with it. That shit's way too dark. And he's like, I'm going to be even darker. So they had uh, one of the Wayne's brothers doing as Robin, doing like training and stuff like that. But then I think Tim Burton or something was like, no, Robin's just not a part of this. Robin's not a part of this. So. Um, he goes full on dark with it, and like the dude, uh, I can't remember the, the character's name, but the Christopher Walken's dude was actually supposed to be Billy D's Two Face, but something happened with that. So then they pretty much rewrote the character for him, gave him a lot of the lines they initially had for um, Two Face in the script and stuff. Uh, but uh, I was just enamored with that because the toy line was really cool. I remember there being a Robin toy that I had. It didn't look like the Wayne's brother. Um, again, I, I wish I could remember his name. I want to say it was Marlon, but um. Yeah, so I have, remember having the toy, and just the toy line was awesome. That was a cool thing about Batman films in the 90s was, you know, Batman might wear, like, two or three different costumes in the movies, but they would have, like, fucking 12 of them, 20 of them, where he was in, like, scuba gear, he was in rocket mm-hmm. gear, he was in all these mm-hmm. different sorts of gears, and it just made it fun to collect them all, because it just felt like you had a reason. Like, I would go take the scuba one and put them in the sink, you know, and have them deep diving in there. When I was taking a bath, I'd bring Batman with me, hanging out. You know, it was awesome. Screwed up, Batman lucky I got was, Batman. 
Yeah, it was just so cool. It was awesome. Well, okay, so yeah, so I go from, the trajectory goes like this. It goes from Batman Returns, and I'm, I'm just, I'm enamored with that plot. I'm like, I can't wait to see Catwoman again. Catwoman's my favorite, uh, like, DC character, and just, uh, like, comic book character. I love Catwoman. But, and Batman, too, but but still Catwoman a bit more. Well, I'm like, I can't wait to see it again. Well, um, so I get into the animated series, and I'm like, okay, this is awesome. It feels like, I know it's not in the same universe as Batman Returns, but it has that kind of dark aesthetic and it's got that noir uh, look that I think I've just, I, I'm so enamored with now when I see other things. I just, I loved how the world looked. I love the title cards for the animated series, you know, and everything. I just, I loved all of that. I always had so much fun watching the show and then I remember McDonald's having the toys and everything and I had to yeah. collect them all. I wanted them, so. Um, but the then I go from there. Batman perfection in my mind. Oh, That's so good, so good. And it blew my mind. One day my mom, I mean, this is like a year or two like into me watching this show, my mom tells me that, you know, the Joker's vo- voiced by Mark Hamill, right? And I'm like, huh? And she's like, yeah, Luke Skywalker. Like, he does the voice of the Joker. And I was like, Insane. mom, you're so silly. I love you so much. And no yeah, she, 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 it turns out she was right. And I was like, shut the front door. I was like, get out of here, mom. That's crazy. Blows my mind to this day. Like uh, the best dude in the galaxy is this evil clown. Yeah, he plays the polar opposite type of character. Just, yeah. fan, uh, just fantastic. Well, yeah, so it gets to Batman Forever, and yeah, so Michael Keaton's not there. But kid me, I'm still so young that I'm not following that like type of stuff. Like I, don't, I, don't, I just don't even care. I'm just like another Batman movie, and this looks different and looks cool. I'm like Jim Carrey's so funny. He was just everywhere at the time. I mean, you look at '94. You had Dumb and Dumber. You had like Sony, uh, The Mask. You had. Uh, like, oh man, I'm totally blanking. He had like one other movie. <laughs> blanking on, but he had a he had a movies, liar, liar. Liar, liar, which was a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, he just okay, he was, well, yeah. in those nineties. He was, he was Ace Ventura. Yes, that was the one. That was the yeah. one. Thank you. So yeah, I mean, he had just had success, hit after hit after hit. Or he was box office success, mm-hmm. and he in the previews he just looked amazing. Well, then they're promoting Two Face, then they're promoting Robin, and I'm like, oh my god, we're finally gonna see Robin, and I'm so excited. And Chris O'Donnell just looks awesome in the suit and everything. And Val Kilmer, I'm just like, I don't know him at the time, but I'm like, he looks cool. The costume looks cool. And then you go see the movie, and I was just like, the movie had this whole like, oh, I don't know, it's I don't even know what to call it, but the aesthetic, it, 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 it they followed it in Batman and Robin, and I just I loved that. Um, I don't know. It had almost a cyberpunk dystopian aesthetic. It yeah. had like this mix of like noir dystopian um, that was just it really, blows really my cool. mind every time I think about the fact that all four of these Batman movies are in the same universe. Yeah, and for people that don't know why or know how, the uh, the guy who plays Alfred and the guy who plays Commissioner Gordon are the same are played by the same actor in each four of the films. That's really the only connective tissue. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah, there's that, and then also in Batman Forever. No, yeah, I want to say it's Batman Forever. I think he references Batman references to Nicole Kidman's character that he's dated like thieves, like burglars and stuff like that. He oh. offhand references like Catwoman and stuff like that, and I think he even mentions it, uh, mentions in like Batman Returns that he references like how it didn't work out with Vicky Vale stuff like that. But I was in love with that movie. It didn't grab me as much as I wanted, but I was still like into it. I wanted the toys. I wanted everything. But at the time, that was like my least favorite. I think, but yeah. I hadn't seen eighty nines yet. So then Batman, fast forward a couple more years, Batman and Robin come out, 
And that one was like the one I was really psyched for. Like I knew George Clooney was kind of just a big household name at that point. And again, Chris O'Donnell's Robin back. Well, the thing for me was Kid Me had a huge crush on Alicia Silverstone coming off Clueless. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she was going to be playing Batgirl, I was like, this is awesome. It's so cool to see that they're getting all the characters. At the time, that was really all I knew that the Batman family had to offer. I didn't know there was like a Nightwing and, and, and so on and so forth and everything like that. I didn't really know all that yet. I just knew it was Batman, Robin, Batgirl. Um, so I was pumped. And then of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, how can you not like him as a kid? Yeah. You, you know, jingle all the cute. way. And yeah, it, it just, and he was a box office success. Then you had Uma Thurman, Poison Ivy, you know, Bane wasn't, you know, the less said about Bane in that movie, the better. <laughs> you know, it's funny. But, I remember watching, uh, Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy as a kid and that yeah. scene where Chris O'Donnell, Robin, you know, he, he, he's like allured by her and wants, yeah. he ends up kissing her. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember watching the movie like my second or third time, knowing that he shouldn't kiss her, but being this little boy being like, I don't care if I be poisoned, I'm still kissing her. <laughs> She's hot. <laughs> Man, that was that's still uh, today one of my favorite Uma Thurman roles. I thought she did, did genuinely good in that movie. Um, yeah. You know, and it was it was a shame to see people shit on it. Like I get it; it's super well, campy. It's it's, it's a retrospective thing too, if you think about it. Because right today, we're like we can look back and see all the red flags across those Batman movies, the things that could have been done differently or been done better. But that was like the that was pretty much the inception of like superhero movies. You know, think of, this is we're talking about Batman. The original Batman Tim Burton movie came out eleven years before the first X Men, and a lot of times people think of the first X Men as kind of a start of the hero movie thing. But, like, Batman was there early. So the fact we got good moments at all is is something. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. No, I completely agree. I was I was there for those movies. And, uh, you know, the fact that everyone was hating on those, it's like, I got it. I mean, it, Batman and Robin as a film is the campiest Batman we have since Adam West and Burt Ward's Batman in the yeah. 60s. It really is. But I just thought the humor and charm was great. And plus, you know, it was awesome. Like, if you're coming off Batman forever and the ending shot, the closing shot is the bat signal in the distance. And then you see Batman, the silhouette of him and Robin running to the center of the screen as it fades to black and roll credits. And then in Batman and Robin, it's the same shot, except now Batgirl's there running with them. And I'm like, I can't wait to see what's next. And then there's nothing. We don't get it. But that was just a really cool time because... um, I just I, I got to really like get into Batman and I remember getting like like really just dive into it because there was so much there to support it. And then afterward, um, I went and saw 89's Batman. And I'm going to be honest, guys, I don't like to have hot takes, but I do have a hot take. I don't think that film's that good. I think Jack Nicholson's Joker is really well done. But, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of it that's just the datedness doesn't, you know, some films hold up pretty well. That one just doesn't. And uh, but I love the, th- the fact that uh, Michael Keaton had to wear Nikes uh, in his bat suit underneath. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. But um, but I get it. I'm not trying to hate. I'm just saying, like, uh, I, I've never been able to really get into 89's Batman. Um, but I understand why people love it. And uh, I, I, I get it. Um, but I went from there to like playing some of the video games and then kind of like you, Brian, there was that big gap in time where there were just was nothing really relevant for Batman. Yeah. And then that's when like X-Men, Spider-Man started to take the spotlight and Batman was just in the backseat, like retired for a while. Well then Batman begins. Yeah. Batman begins comes out in 2005, 2005 yeah. and I went and salt in theaters with a friend and I, I walked out of there and I was like, 
like you, I was like, I think this is the Batman, best Batman film I've ever seen. I, yeah. I could, at that point in time, I was like, I need to go get the novelization. I need to go get the soundtrack. I need to go yeah. get the movie, like the movie book and just all that type of stuff. I was like, and I got to play the video game, which I did. That's one of my favorite video games to this day. I thought the game was awesome. I thought the use of the fear system was really cool. Um, and they, they had all the actors in there. I just thought it was awesome. It was cool to see like, like, you know, if you were a kid who didn't like read the comics as much, because I had trouble reading when I was younger. So, I mean, I did look at the comics, but I also didn't like get super into them. Um, but like getting to see Lucius Fox and everything like that, getting to see a more like active Alfred, you know, and Michael Caine, um, and just, just the world building it had, especially with commissioner Gordon, even, um, and the GCPD. And, uh, uh, I, I just, I, I loved, I loved all that, the world building that was in the film in the darker tone. And then just, you know, it's not who I am underneath, mm-hmm. but what I do and it finds me. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps off and then music kicks in and you're like, Oh fuck! Yeah. You know, and it's and then like remember that one scene in Batman Begins when he gets like the demon eyes and they, everyone's like freaking out and shit. I was like, this is uh, my my the scene that gives me chills in Batman Begins is the one where the 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 thug goes, "Where are you?" and then suddenly he pops in and he goes, "Here, here, <laughs> yeah." So oh bad. man, so good. Carmine Falcone. I mean, so much, so much to go off of in that movie. But yeah, then then you know at that point in time, I'm like, okay, Batman's relevant again. And then there was like a video game called Batman Dark Tomorrow. People hated that game. Its camera was terrible, but its cutscenes were mwah, chef's kiss. So good. Had a great time with that game. Um, but I kind of missed out on the Batman Beyond stuff as much. I see it now. I, I can see how good up. it is. Oh, nice. Um, but that one, I kind of, it just kind of went over my head because I just had gotten into other stuff too. But um, you get to the Dark Knight, and I was extremely excited. I loved Heath Ledger. I was really bummed about that, um, about his passing. I remember getting the call from uh, my cousin when 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 that happened, and that was crazy. But but going to see the movie with my mom was awesome. I remember wearing a Why So Serious T-shirt and everything mm. like that. I had the poster there. in my room. Nice, nice. That's and, one of those uh, things. If like in the future somebody like films a movie that takes place in two thousand eight. The kids' bedroom will have a Why So Serious poster. Yeah, like that's that's a thing. <laughs> it has to be there in some retro movie twenty years from now when they when it takes place. Yep. Those, yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, so I went from I went from seeing that and I loved it. it I came out of it though like a bit like uh, like melancholy on it because for one I was like sad. It's like well, there's that scene with Heath where he's like, "You and I are gonna do this for a long time" or mm-hmm. whatever. I'm paraphrasing, and uh, we never see. We know we're never gonna see him again. But I loved the movie, but it also didn't feel like a Batman film. It, but in a good way, you know, it wasn't just like focused on Batman. It was developing so much, but I loved that. And then uh, you get to Dark Knight Rises and stuff like that. Well, then you get in Dark Knight Rises. I give it a ton of shit, guys, but it's still a fun movie. It's still a pretty fun movie. And plus, that was the next thing. You went from people dressing up as the, the Joker, right? As that Joker. And you want to know why I got these scars? And, and, and said it, and then it turned to uh, theatricality and deception. Are no match for the uninitiated, but we are initiated, aren't we? And a guy that almost sounds like Bill Cosby. Theatricality deception to no match for a good old chocolate <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. I remember Josh doing that in the drive-through at Hardee's, and I literally was crying <laughs> when I got to the to yeah. pick up my food. I, I haven't. I've never heard you, you know, so hard. To you know what sucks, Josh? I it's one of we both do this where we have something that well, actually, maybe I do it more than you do. Uh, well, we have something that bothers us, and we just don't want to admit it because it sucks. It bothers What's that, us. Man? But like, my my least favorite thing about Christopher Nolan's trilogy is Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel. I just oh, don't did not like her. Did not. I just like don't her. like 
I don't no. like Maggie Gyllenhaal as an actress. She's done nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with her as a person. I don't care for her acting. Um, I just I didn't like that they switched her out. It's not that I needed Katie Holmes. It's not like Katie Holmes is a god tier actress, but the fact that she was already established and she got changed bothers the heck out of me. Also, like this just sounds mean. I don't mean to be mean, but I just think that Katie Holmes is a she she's a more attractive woman. And that sounds I don't most people are probably like, Brian, why are you saying that? But the thing is, is it's a couple things. One, a lot of times when a female character is not developed in a film, they just choose an attractive actress to make you care about the character because she's not that developed anyways. I think that was the case with Katie Holmes in the first film, in my opinion. I mean, she did she was like a district attorney or whatever, but you know, she didn't wasn't too developed. And then there's a part where like like there's several parts in Dark Knight, uh the Dark Knight where everyone's talking about how just gorgeous and beautiful Maggie Gyllenhaal is. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, she is not ugly by any means. She's she's a she's a decent looking woman, but like to talk about her obscene beauty and how legendary it is, and even even the Joker's like, you know, parting his hair and he's like, Oh, you are beautiful, aren't you? And it's like, I don't really buy it, guys. Like, you know, I mean she's just she's a normal looking woman to me, which I know <laughs> some people are probably thinking like, you know, Brian, that didn't need to be said, but that's just how I feel. I, feel. I, I got you. Um, My least favorite no, part I think, about the Nolan trilogy. Okay, well, I'll, I'll add something onto that. Uh, I, I think the, the the biggest issue with that that does hurt the film in a sense is when she dies, you have you, you don't care why you don't care because you have no emotional attachment to this 100%. version of that character because you know it was played by somebody else. So all the, the all the exposition that was built up with this character and also the relationship with this character and Bruce. Uh, is in the other film so then it's played by a whole other actress and then you're supposed to just buy into that and then when she dies when she dies honestly to me I'm like I, I don't give a shit you know and like which sounds harsh but you know I agree it's, but it's, it's literally just that and it's less to do with even Maggie Gyllenhaal it's more to and just, to be fair I will say I think Maggie Gyllenhaal uh, I think she's got better acting talent than Katie Holmes you know mm-hmm. I, I really do I don't think Katie Holmes is particularly a great I've never actress. been particularly big on either of them but um, yeah but no I mean I just yeah it was that was honestly a rough and to spot. be fair also to be fair if Maggie Gyllenhaal had been in the first film and they replaced her with Katie Holmes I would have been still would have been same. very upset. You know, yeah, it does, I it's not too. because I, be I just think one's thing. prettier than the other. I just think no, it's I don't know because I remember and dude, like what makes I guess what makes me feel like more confident to say that is I remember watching uh, one of my rewatches, watching the movie with my mom, and we're watching The Dark Knight. My mom's like, it just doesn't make sense. They keep calling her so pretty. She's not that pretty. <laughs> Your mom was saying that. Yeah, my mom was saying that. I'm like, I, you know, like it sounds bad, but I'm just like, you know, they just. I mean, just think about, I mean, uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of a, b- a bunch, but I know they're there, like, character, or female characters in superhero movies that have often acted, which it's it's a problem, and I'm glad that we're fixing that problem, but have often acted more f- for their sex appeal than they have right. as a character. I mean, I think if you look at Black Widow's original appearance in MCU, she didn't have much to offer to audience. I no, mean, I think most very people much were like, oh, that tight leather yeah. suit. She's acting sexy. As time went on, she became a character. I mean, you even look at like, and it's been a long time since I've watched it, so correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but the, uh, was you say Alicia Silverstone's her name or, or who played um, Batwoman? You know, as a kid, I just thought, you know, wow, she's really attractive and she's in a tight suit. But it wasn't her character, you know, so... Yeah, it's, right. we're getting better about that. If you look at superhero movies today, it's definitely gotten way better. Or remember the Catwoman movie with Halle Berry, which was basically like, come pay to see Halle Berry in a tight leather suit. It wasn't about the, the less said quality. about that movie, the better. But I still watched it, and I still enjoyed a couple moments in that movie. But yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, man, for Catwoman being my favorite character, I was like, yeah. But yeah. Um, 
but I mean, if you watch that movie, it's honestly it's uh, the problems with there's so much. It, it's not even Halle Berry to an extent. Like it really I've never seen it. I have no interest. Yeah, well, I don't blame you. But um, sometimes what's uh, better, I, you that or Green Lantern? I've never seen either. A Green Lantern. I, Green Lantern is a better film than people give it credit for. It really okay. is. But uh, but no. Uh, where was I? Yeah. So going into Dark Knight Rises and that was I still had a really good time with that. The conclusion I had a really fun, like I loved that it had like an, a, an actual ending of Bruce like retiring because he just never yeah. gets that happy ending. So as much as I like I have issues with that because Bruce is like it jumps into the future, but it, nothing about it looks like it's like there's a nine year difference or whatever the gap is. But then so Bruce is retired. Batman's retired. So then he comes out of retirement and then goes back into retirement. And I was just like. What's going on here? But it had Catwoman in it with um, Anne Hathaway, which is great. Um, just introduced some great new people. And it, it did have that cameo with Liam Neeson back as Raj Al Ghul. That was cool. Um, ha, see what I did there? How I rhymed? Raj Al Ghul, that was cool. Raj Al Ghul, well, that, was cool. Funny that's actually, Ghul that was cool. They actually mispronounced his name in the whole in the entire oh, trilogy. Because it's supposed to be Raish Al Ghul. That's how it's Raish. pronounced in the, the ah, series. Look, they conditioned Marvel. me wrongly. Damn them. Uh, but yes. But no, um, you, know, you know what sucks for me is like when I watch Dark Knight Rises, I don't really feel like I have any problems with it until the moment that he gets stabbed by Talia and he's sitting there on the floor with Bane and her. And I'm like, it just kind of goes off a little bit there because I'm like, Bane's crying while he's leaning up against this whatever. I don't remember what it is, but yeah. he's crying. And I'm like, it, it kind of, and then Talia's the big bad. So it kind of demeans Bane. Like the whole movie, it's like, wow, Bane is so strong. He beat Batman in a one-on-one fight. This dude's tough. Then he's laying there, half-defeated, crying. Talia's the big bad. Talia stabs him. And I'm like, also, like, here's what's funny. So a few people listening will have seen the, the Batman YouTube video stuff that makes fun of Batman. You know what I'm talking about, right, Josh? A few people here will have seen that, and they'll know what I'm talking about. But there's one of those that makes fun of that where, you know, she stabs him, and he's like, but we totally had sex. And she's like, it's the cruel knife that's twisted, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, if this is your definition of cruel, sign me up for another. It's like, and the (laughs) thing is... I I, I vaguely remember those. Well, that, that YouTube video went viral and makes fun of that scene way before that YouTube video came out, when I was sitting there in the theater watching Dark Knight Rises for the very first time, she stabs him, and it's revealed she betrayed him, and my first thought in the movie theater was, you had sex with him. Like, what? If you hate him and your goal is to defeat him, you slept with... I was just like, man, that's that's a weird type of punishment. Like, I remember thinking that in the theater. But, yeah, the whole... It kind of gets weird there because you got Bane, you know, he's kind of goes out crying, and then Catwoman blows him up with the freaking... She shoots the the Batmobile... Or the Batbikes cannons at Bane and kind of kills him. And then it goes to the whole chase thing with Talia, and then they stop Talia, and Talia has the literal worst death acting I've ever seen in a major film ever. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but she's just like, oh, it was uh, terrible. That was just a, like I said, looked, a lot, a lot wrong bad. with that movie. It's still good, but it's got a lot wrong. Yeah, but, but uh, I still love that movie. It's great. Uh, Josh, go back over to you. No, you're good. Um, I see, and I kind of, I, I kind of, it was the re- reverse, but I get where you're coming from because, like, in that moment, I actually kind of saw Bane as like almost like this little bra- baby brother who was like. This dude seems like he's almost used, you know, he's just a pawn. Yeah. He's not yeah. made to seem like a pawn until that very moment. I kind of liked that. Although I didn't really care for Talia. I didn't really care for Marion. I think her name is pronounced. I didn't really care for her interpretation of Talia. But um, it was more, more more so because when she died, I was just like, eh. But plus, again, it's another thing of where it's like it's a forced romance and like it doesn't, I, it's not earned and, and you can't earn that in so short a time. 
And uh, and and same. I mean, to be fair, the same could be said for Catwoman. But I'm I'm admitting I'm biased because it's just I want I love I ship Batman and Catwoman. Always have I love them. Like fuck Vicky Vale, fuck all the rest. Talia and everyone. I'm like Batman, Catwoman, Selena. What about Bruce. Rachel? Movie character. Movie doesn't on. even exist in the comics. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so notice uh, how you know, the animated series introduced Harley Quinn and they wrote her into the comics. They never wrote Rachel into the comics. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. But um. I think the the issue on the inverse that I had was I the whole like part where in the, where the, there's the final battle in daytime and Batman is there with the police and everything and everyone's just fighting in the masses outside of that building. It just is so anti-Batman to me because for one, it takes place in the daytime. He's supposed to be nocturnal like a bat, and mm-hmm. it's just like this icy born. You know, and, and it's just it's and it's also he's he's supposed to be stealthy yet he's out in front and center. And I, in one sense, I like it because it has this grandiose scale of like the final climactic battle, the end of all ends you know of, of stuff with batman and it does really sell the whole battle he has with Bru- uh with um with bane which i love so much there's this part where bane's just like fucking swinging at him so yeah, fast cool. and it is just amazing and i remember hearing behind the scenes that there was one uh what was it tom hardy was trying to keep up and try not to show that he was tired and, and so he just never said anything but he was just exhausted filming those scenes and then at one point christians was like Man, are you tired? And then for for Tom, he was like, "Yes, yes." It made it okay to say like, "I'm tired." And uh, but, awesome. but anyway, uh, mm-hmm. had a great time with that movie. Um, and then again, it kind of went quiet after that for a little bit until you get to well, you already had the Arkham games, which I, I'm gonna we're, I'm gonna say. I think what's so weird about the the Nolan trilogy for a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, is that Nolan pretty much came in and with Batman Begins and, and Batman Begins, it was a Batman film more than a Nolan film. Yes, my that's why that one's my favorite of the three. So yeah, he came in and he was like, let me give a modern, good quality interpretation of Batman, and he did it. And then he got all this, you know, they gave him all the, they let the, the reins loose a little bit, let him kind of have some freedom. Dark Knight came in, veered heavily into the Nolan stuff. And by the time you finish the trilogy, you get to Dark Knight Rises, you're watching Nolan films featuring Batman. Yeah, you know, so I it's think hard it's just to, a, it's it's hard to weird not thing. think of Inception and, and those films as not, not being in the same universe. They just have so many. Yeah, they're filmed the same way. They yeah. they play out the same. It's very. Yes, similar. Nolan, you have you have uh, typecast yourself. Might want to yeah, change. You have done that yourself. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, to, to to wrap up mine, and so we can get moving on in our discussions. Uh, I'm loving this though. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, I had the the Arkham games. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So I'll save that. But. Um, then uh, went to Batman vs Superman. It was a bit weird for me because I was like, "You're coming off that. You're doing that right away without having a solo movie to introduce his character. Still a mistake that they did that." But I agree. it was. I, I still think Batman vs Superman. Even though I came out of it and I was like, "Meh," I came out of it a fan of Ben Affleck and a fan of him as Batman. That warehouse scene was fucking awesome. And uh, then I saw the Ultimate Edition time pass. You know, I got to see the Snyder cut and everything. And I'm just like, and I re I rewatched everything, and I was like. I love what's here. I love what's here. I want more of this. So we're going to get more into this too, but I'm happy that Affleck is back in the Flash film. Uh, but now we're in this Pattinson era and everything like that. I couldn't be more excited. I mean, I still want Affleck, and I want him to get his time to shine with that. But um, I'm excited to see where it goes because it's been on a weird up-and-down trajectory. But uh, but for the for the longest time, it was like Batman was like cool again and relevant and fun. And it's always he's always been fun for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I love his rogues gallery more than, um, you know, it's like on, the closest thing I have is on the Marvel side with Spider-Man with his kind of, you know, his mm-hmm. rogues gallery, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for me, but I've been a huge Batman fan my whole life. And, uh, 
but it wasn't until like last year that I really had a renaissance with it and I started rewatching some of the films and then I played Batman's Telltale games and the second one I didn't like as much but the first one told I mean the way I went for it at least told a love story with Bruce and, and Selina as Catwoman and stuff and it and it dealt with um Oh my god, I'm totally blanking on their names. I want to say they're the crows. I'm totally blanking on their names right now. Anyway, it just told a great, great story. And I was like, man, this is a telltale game people should experience. It was if you like Batman, it's just so good. So much fun. I don't know. I it it just made it it made me want more of it. I was just like, holy shit, I forgot how much I love Batman. I forgot how much I love this stuff. So, well when Batman's yeah. good see, like I feel like there's for me, like me personally, not both of us, for me personally, there's an elephant in the room here. I just don't. The bottom line is, I just don't care for any of the DCEU Batman stuff. I just don't. You know, I, I came to appreciate Batman versus Superman. I really did for what it is. I came to and I enjoyed watching Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think Ben Affleck looks great as Batman. But for me personally, it's not even. I'm not even trying to be objective. I'm not trying to force my opinion on anyone. I'm not trying to say I'm right. I'm just saying for me personally, as Brian and what I prefer. Everything in the Ben Affleck, DCEU, Zack Snyder era, it just completely lost me. It just lost me, and, and, and my interest for Batman dwindled because I just don't care for any of that stuff. And even if someone's listening and goes, Brian, blah, 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 this is actually more accurate than the stuff you like, you might be right, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm not even like arguing like grounds of what's more accurate or what represents what better. I'm just telling everyone here that I grew up with the animated series, I fell in love with Christopher Nolan's films, and I fell in love with the Arkham uh, Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham games. That's where my love for Batman is steeped, and it's not that I'm right. It's just that that's where it's at. So I was like, I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited for this the Pattinson era just because it's moving on to something new. I'm, I really could be fine never seeing anything from the the DCEU Ben Affleck era again. It just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I got you. No, I was thinking of, I had to look it up, I was thinking of, uh, it was Batman's. It wasn't anything to do with crows. It was uh, the children of Arkham in that game. But I was thinking of, um, well, I totally just <laughs> the Court of Owls. That's it. That's what I was thinking of. But no, I'm with you, man. I, I was kind of the same. It was hard for me to get into it because I wanted to be. But I, there was literally you literally just shove Batman into a Superman film and try to. Well, I mean, it's yeah. still a, a mixture of both. But like, it very much is supposed to be Man of Steel's too. And you have no exposition of this character, and all the exposition of Batman is just shoved into this film. And it's like, and the Ultimate Edition makes that better. And it, I think ultimately, as a trilogy, they are good films. They're great films, but still super flawed. Also, for me, it. I don't know if you had this, Josh, but for me, it's kind of similar, same thing with Spider-Man. Um, for me, even though it was four years, it was still too soon, kind of. Like, for me, like I, Christian Bale was so iconically Batman at the time that I'm like, Okay, I'm I'm kind of not ready to process a new one. And same for Spider Man. Like I was still like, Andrew Garfield's had it for years now. And then whoa, okay, Tom Holland, he's here. He's in Civil War. Yep, that that Spider Man, Andrew Garfield's gone. I'm like, okay, I need, I was I need time to process. No, I was excited because there there is the one shot of like in Batman vs Superman where there's like uh the people you you basically see that Batman is literally branding people with his logo yeah. and. I thought, oh, this is cool. This is a much darker Batman. And it was interesting because when I came off the Nolan stuff, especially Batman Begins kicking that off, I was like, oh, this is a much darker Batman. Well, then they went darker with Batman versus Superman. So I was like intrigued by it. I was I was excited. I mean, I always want more Batman, but I get that, though. 
Yeah. But I mean, I guess so. I guess this actual episode is going to be more just Batman in general at this yeah, point, in general, fifty minutes, yeah. in, which is cool because we like talking about the stuff. But so going to the Arkham games, the Arkham games would be that would be my favorite representation of Batman. Period. I I mean, I think honestly, it's really just the animated series, but put in game form. Mm-hmm. But the game still has its own little style to it. So my favorite ever is the Arkham games. Um, so Asylum, like I said, I tried that out years a couple years later. Actually, it was it was probably about one year after it came out. Because okay. City hadn't come out yet. And uh, I was playing that, and just the atmosphere of Arkham Asylum Ooh. just blew me away. The, it feels like you're playing a ha- like Batman Halloween game. You know what I mean? Like It does. I'm not and talking about like the long Halloween adaptation comic, guys, for those of you who know that. But like it just felt so themed. Like a game taking place during yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Really and there was moments in the game where I just, it just kind of blew me away. Because I remember when it starts out, and you're following Joker, and he's on the stretcher or whatever. You know, I would zoom in on Zook, on, on uh, Joker's face, and he would be making eye contact with me, and just like whoa, little creepy. And then I remember we get into that room where um, Killer Croc comes up, and he walks by, and I, I zoomed in on him too, and Killer Croc looked directly into my eyes, and he's like, "Your time will come, Batman." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is just the opening of the game. This is amazing. Is it gonna?" And then as it continued to play, I was like. I was like, wow, you get gadgets and you get this combat so much fun and, and you get to explore different places on the island. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the moment that solidified it for me as one of the best games I've ever played in my life was where the game appeared to crash and it was a Scarecrow moment. That blew my mind. And now probably everyone listening maybe knows this already, but I'll just describe it for you. So you're three-fourths of the way through the game and you're running down this hallway and suddenly the game audibly and visually glitches and then the game restarts in the middle of you playing and for me playing at the time i thought because i had no spoilers i thought well noah's disc was scratched to hell my brother's disc was scratched to hell the game just glitched i'm gonna have to restart well the cutscene restarts and it's the cutscene from the beginning of the game but instead of batman driving the batmobile and joker being in the passenger seat joker's driving the batmobile and batman's in the passenger seat and then it replays the opening of the game but from Joker's perspective, and you're playing as Joker, and Batman's on the stretcher. And then as you get to the end of the hallway, it gets this moment where it, you take place of Batman again, and Joker's got a gun in your face, and he's about to shoot, and he shoots you, and it tells you that you failed the game, and that you need to, and, and it says in the hints, it's like, use the middle stick to dodge the pistol. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at your controller, and you're like, there's only two sticks, left and right, what are they talking about? And it basically what it's doing is it's kind of breaking the fourth wall it is happening in universe, but it's also breaking the fourth wall, and Scarecrow is confusing you with this fear toxin. You're like, right. "What is happening?" Right. And then there's some more to it, and you end up stopping Scarecrow. But that was, I was like, "This is phenomenal." And then when I beat the game, I was like, "This is one of the best games I've ever played." Uh, my only criticism, only one criticism no, with Arkham Asylum, is the final boss. I mean, don't you agree, Josh? I can't remember. We've talked about this so many times. I mean, yeah, I guess. It doesn't bother me as much. It's just one of those things, you know how, like, like you have people, with, you bring up Game of Thrones and everyone's like, oh, it was such a good show, but the last season sucked. But I feel like every time you bring up Arkham Asylum, you're like, man, it's such a good game. I love this game. But the, the boss battle sucked. Tell us well, why, Well, to be fair, to be fair, like, when I say, and I do do that, you're right. Um, but <laughs> do-do, haha. Um, Dookie. No, I, I just think that if the whole game is a 10 you know, the Joker battle at the end is like a seven. It's like a noticeable drop in mm-hmm. quality, even though it's not bad. Because, I don't know, it just seems kind of out of place that you finish the Rock game. Rocksteady was like, how do we make Joker fun to fight? <laughs> yeah. Let's I, make like, him like, big. There's no, there's no way we can make Joker fight Batman one-on-one and stand for more than a moment. So they they have him inject a Titan, and you're facing this giant Titan Batman. But then again, you know, in retrospect, 
you know, because of him taking the Titan, that's why the story goes its way through City and Night. So it, it's kind of it kind of works. We'll get into that too, but I will say before I forget that I didn't, dude. I didn't realize that when I when City had come out, I kind of forgot mm-hmm. like oh, okay. that that was carrying forward. Like if I'm like I when I played last year and I played them back to back, that was amazing to me to see that connective tissue. Yeah, I know for most people, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I already knew that," but no, for me, it was like brand new again. No, yeah, it definitely makes the ending of Arkham Asylum because well, that's the thing is like so for I've gone back and forth forever on what I like more, Asylum or City, and it's usually it's been City, but I just got done replaying them and I actually think it's Asylum because I just think Asylum's smaller, compact island and the aesthetic and the atmosphere i mean even like asylum has like even like your menus are based around like yellow and white comic strip stuff whereas the future games drop that so asylum i think is my favorite but when you get to city you know city improves so much on the combat and the boss battles and you know the sleekness of how things work the graphics are better batman doesn't look 50 anymore he suddenly looks 30 (laughs) you get to play as catwoman and catwoman is done flawlessly in that game you get to play as robin and nightwing in the challenge modes they add so much the rogues gallery increases and a city is pretty much better in almost every respect the funny thing is you know i give i give asylum crap for that final boss battle but if you think about if you think about uh, city it ends with um you thinking you're attacking joker but it's clayface and then clayface you fight clayface and the game's over like clay it's really not that strong of an ending yeah. either if you think well, what makes city's ending so strong is that joker literally dies but if you kind of think about it in retrospect and i'm not trying to jump ahead i'm gonna come back and get your impression on city uh, but if you think about it rocksteady has really just never been that great at boss battles most of asylum's boss battles are either the giant titan thing that charges you or fight some kind of giant boss in the background while you're fighting thugs up front you know like poison ivy's up there but you're fighting yeah. thugs or you know and then you get to city and like city does have a couple standouts i mean the mr freeze battle is a very good boss battle super Trying, good you have to super you have to use good. different you have to hit him seven different times i think it's seven maybe it's five different ways and they can't be the same two ways if you attack him from behind he'll never let you attack him again that was pretty good uh, nice. What's another boss battle that was good in that one? I mean, even even stuff like Solomon Grundy was just okay. Solomon um, Grundy, Bowman but then Grundy. and then you know Arkham Knight, no boss battles slash worst boss battles. But if you go to Arkham Origins, which is not done by Rocksteady, the best boss amazing battles. boss battles in Arkham yes, Origins. So definitely best. that was probably Rocksteady's weakness there. But Josh, what are your thoughts on City before we go? Man, into well I didn't even say anything on Asylum. Man, let me tell you. Okay, I thought you. Which Sharp is a punk ass little bitch. I hated that character. I don't like him. But I love that if you play it some more and you do you do some discovering stuff, he's actually the spirit of Arkham. That's pretty yeah. dope. I loved that. But uh, couldn't stand that guy's voice actor. Cannot stand. You got such an old voice actor. Yeah. Oh God. But yeah. Okay. So the intro is awesome. You're, you know, Batmobile's driving in there and everything, and then there's like some context kind of setting you up, and you get in there, and you're like, Joker's being wheeled in there, and he's all talking shit and everything, and and you're just like Batman, basically there for like security to make sure this dude gets in there, and then. He he's getting in there, but he gets free and gets to run amok. Things just go bad right away, and you know you're you're tasked with trying to solve this. As you know, basically, a, a, Arkham Asylum's going to shit. You can't quite keep up with it, but you're trying to basically cut the head off the snake here and stop Joker. But it is so eerie, so atmospheric. Yep. There is so many moments in this game uh, when there is no music, and it adds Creepy to the heightened. Scary. 
creepiness of it. Yes, there's there's the moment when you go into the one the one room and it's just nothing but like it's a, it's a narrow kind of room and you see at the very end there's like a Joker body but there's like a TV where the head is and stuff like that. And it's first person when you walk in there. It's very like I kept waiting for something to jump out at me. I felt like I was playing a horror game. I was like this isn't Batman, but it I is. Thought- I thought you were going to say the the room with the three body bags. That freaked me well, out. That was the room that introduced the Scarecrow, and that's where, yeah. no, was it Man Bat? It was Scarecrow. No, Man Bat's not into Arkham Knight. Okay, that's right, that's right. Um, Man, yeah, wow. Well, uh, you, anyway. you walk into this room, and there's three body bags, right. and, and you're just like, okay, I, I know I'm going to have to unzip these, but I'm not, this is kind of, I'm not, I'm kind of scared. Yeah. And you go and you unzip the first one. And it's a, it's a, it's your father, dead father, zombified almost, and he's like looking the other direction, and his head peels over and makes eye contact. And he's like, "Bruce, why didn't you save us?" And you open the other one, and it's your mom. Same thing happens. And you open the third one, and it's the scarecrow jumps out and fear toxins you. Gotcha, anyway, Josh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Yes, uh, that part was awesome, and just how it introduced that, and it goes to the hallucinatory part because you're like, I can't remember where it's at in this one particular area of the game, but like. You're walking. You're literally walking around as little Bruce as a kid in the oh, same yeah. area that Batman was. But then they transfer. They like turn it and do some like acid trip stuff. So cool. And you're like suddenly like there where your parents are dying. And it was just like this game did so much for trying to encompass so much like world building outside of like events inside Arkham Asylum. I loved it for that. I thought it was. I thought that was so cool. And I'm. I'm man. The Poison Ivy like stuff was cool. The cutscenes and everything. I thought um, Killer Croc was an awesome boss battle because when you're in the water and everything, and mm-hmm. you're trying to like not like set him off where he can like reach out and grab you. When see, he does, it's a jump moment. You go, oh shit! And your butt yeah, cheeks see, that's clench. What, that's a good. That's a good point, Josh. Because like on one hand, I don't think Rocksteady's good at boss battles, but it almost seemed as if they knew they weren't good and they designed them in ways. At least until night, they designed them in ways that were fun. Still, like mm-hmm. the the Killer Croc boss battle. It's not really a boss battle that much, but the way they treat it is so special and, and it's so memorable and it's fun. It's like walk on these platforms really slowly and at any moment Killer Croc can come up and get you and then have to run away from him and collect these samples. Brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah, the game was just so much fun in that. And then also just how you could tackle gameplay encounters. It gave you so much autonomy, I think, and agency. Like it was great. Whether you wanted to hit hit you know, hit the gargoyle pillars and you wanted to sit up there, you wanted to grab someone that was below you, or you wanted to just do a, a glide kick straight down. Uh, you wanted to set those uh, like frozen like bombs or whatever, where you could like scare them. You could detonate it and scare them, and it would distract them. Um, you wanted to go under the crates and stuff like that, uh, destroy some of the glass walls. I mean, it was just it, it was just it it's made funny it fun. Be- it was fun to play too. Yeah, it's funny how much I thought the gl- how amazing I thought the gliding was in Asylum, and all you can do is glide for like a hundred feet at best, and then you, yeah, and it does because it's so and you get small. to night and you can literally fly for miles. Yeah, like, okay, wow. But that's the thing, ultimately, why all Asylum is overall my favorite one of the ones I played. Now, I haven't played Arkham Knight, guys. We'll talk about that, but um, I, I, but with Asylum, it's my favorite just because of the spooky atmosphere. It really like it is it's so encapsulated by the intro shot the batmobile just just goes right down the road and you just see like leaves and everything kick up and yeah. everything and it's like got this autumn kind of vibe and everything really good and presentation like, yeah the presentation's just so good and he gets in there and it just kicks off right away and it has these like character bios and stuff that really helps fill in the the world building it'll even tell you like the first introduction to you know what what Voice what clips. their first yeah, the, the vo- oh the audio it made collecting in that game sans the Riddler trophies fuck all that it yeah, made like it that. made the collecting <laughs> real fun I loved the 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 Spirit of Arkham stuff I loved the voice clips you actually get to see like basically you get to hear how Harley was basically seduced by the Joker more or less yeah. how you know she became Harley Quinn and stuff like that just so many good characters in that game but yeah moving on to City Man um 
Woo. City is always going to be a disappointment for me, but it's a good game. It's a good game. I I was like, wow, after Arkham Asylum, I'm like, take us to, let's go to Gotham now. Let's go to Gotham now. Let's open it up. And they're like, well, we're going to take you to an open world, but it's not going to be Gotham. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, it's called Arkham City. And I'm like, can we just get Gotham? It's and a walled like, off. It's a walled off portion of Gotham. Yes, and uh, then you, then they're the, the big bad of this one is Hugo Strange that they're hyping up in their promotional stuff, which was very cool. But he ultimately ended up being nothing. But I will say, Brian. Yeah. Um. Just so there's a couple things you could pick from if you want. The the thing in my my recent playthrough that I actually really did like a lot more than I did the first time playing it was the the Rajal Ghoul stuff. I really actually came around. See, the Rajal Ghoul stuff, some of the best stuff in that game, but. It's also one of my biggest criticisms because the whole huge twist is, or one of the huge twists, I should say, is Hugo Strange is really just a puppet. He's There's a big guy behind him. Oh, it's this guy that you met, interacted with, and did a whole segment with earlier in the same game. That kind of killed it for me a little bit because I'm like, right. is it, like if Ra's Ghoul hadn't showed up at all till then, I'd be like, holy shit, they did Ra's Ghoul in this game? Badass. But you already went good to the point. Lazarus Pit and discussed no, talked with him point. and his daughter. Yeah, know. that's definitely a good point. But no... Like, when the game opens up, I felt like it just threw me into things way too fast. But yet, to be fair, that's what Arkham Asylum did. But, like, it just throws you in there. The one th- oh, well, the one thing I did like is how you're sitting there in the chair, like, tied up as Bruce. Yeah. And you, like, have to rock the controls yep. back and forth to get knocked down. And then you kind of, like, get out of there. And you basically escape and everything. And you start running into some people and interacting. And you kind of, you, you can talk to a lot of the NPCs. I love that in Asylum, too. How you could all, like, interact with guards and stuff like that and, and talk to them. Um, but this one does that. It has a lot of these side quests that kind of help fill out the world a little bit. I loved, it's very short, but I love the Mad Hatter side quest where you're basically at, at oh, that's the table. Amazing. Oh, so good. First I, time I saw that and he had like the, the, the bat face or the bunny face on, it was like, whoa, yeah. this is crazy. Loved that one. Um, and of course getting to play as Catwoman that they had me sold. So I they was, nailed I, Catwoman. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was great. And even just, it's cool because it's, it's so crazy because they did this weird thing, guys, for you guys that didn't play the game or or maybe bought it new. I don't know. But, like, so if you if you bought it used, that Catwoman stuff was excised from the game. You had to buy new to get access to playing as Catwoman yeah. and a lot of her narrative stuff. And what's interesting is the opening segment is you playing as Catwoman, not Batman. Yep. So it's super weird if you don't buy that game new. It was so weird. But... Um, Playing as her was even just awesome, and she was they, they. You get like what, like maybe two or three hours of actual story content with her. I mean, it's very short. Yeah, but not still, not much, but it's done fun. well and it's integrated well, and you can use her for challenge maps. And once you beat the game, you can run around doing stuff with her as long as you yeah. want. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. The problem for me was the the story. For as big as the world was, the story just felt much shorter. Um, and it didn't. Nothing felt fully developed as I expected with the more open world. Like, yeah, it's you know, it's, it's weird tough. because like Rocksteady's so talented, but they do they do make weird decisions. If you kind of look over the history of the Arkham games, you know, like I already we already touched on you know, like I said the the way they finished Arkham Asylum with Joker, you know, being a fight and right. fight and battle and stuff. But if you look at this game, I mean, if you think about it, like okay, so the plot of Arkham City is they walled off a section of Art Gotham to just let the villains run loose in. That's idiotic. I mean, that doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. I it's mean, like Rocksteady's like, we're not, we're not ready for the Gotham City stuff yet. We're yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you, if you let some of your the the Gotham's biggest criminals run loose in their own portion of the city, I mean, shit's going to get bad. Then you have Hugo Strange, which is like, Protocol 10 will commence Ugh. in hours. And you're like, the whole game, you're like, Protocol 10 must be something special. And then you get there, and Protocol 10 is, we bring Ain't in helicopters shit. and shoot all the villains. We just kill everyone. I'm like, that's, that's not really... 
I mean, that's so stupid. I'm like, okay, if you're going to wall off a portion of Gotham and put all the, the Gotham's greatest villains in there, yeah, you're probably going to have to shoot them all. But, like, what kind of a protocol? It, it just didn't really land. And then Hugo Strange, he was a pushover. And then, like I said, it reveals it was Ra's al Ghul. And then Ra's al Ghul, you'd already, you'd already interacted with him for, like, a 30-minute right. to hour segment earlier in the game. So, but... While saying that, I always kind of view Arkham City as like a perfect Batman experience. Like to me, it's like it doesn't really have any problems. But then again, I just kind of like you know, I kind of said like there's some issues with the storytelling there. Yeah, it, to Brian's respect, he's definitely the bigger fan of it, and and Brian was excited for that way more than I was initially because I I just got I got underwhelmed, you know, in my own like it affected my first experience of the game for sure to a fault of myself because I was ex- I was like why why are you doing this like middle ground city thing like just just do Gotham. But uh, but nevertheless, I mean, I still had a good time with it. It's just like it's even too in the beginning. It's like you're introduced to Two Face, and you basically go rescue Catwoman, and then Two Face is gone for like the rest of the game. And some of the goons yeah. will talk about him, but like it just moves on so fast yeah. with everything. And yeah, like you said, Protocol Ten, dude. I was like, shut the hell up, Hugo Strange. I cannot stand this dude. I'll break his beetle glasses. I cannot. Couldn't stand his bald ass. But still had a fun time with the game. It still did some really cool stuff in there that was like super neat and made me excited for what moving forward. Like I did think the Clayface kind of twist thing was was pretty neat. But like Brian said, that twist also, actually shocked me. I, I didn't. Yeah, see it. that was cool. But like you said, the, the 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 boss, the fact that that was like the end fight, just Clayface. I'm like, eh, it's kind of it's kind of underwhelming. Like but, most people that weren't huge Batman fans probably didn't even know who Clayface was, and he shows up in the last second. He's the final boss. What? <laughs> yeah, he just just kind of again shoved, shoved right in there. But uh, okay, it did do something cool that was like it had Calendar Man in there in the courthouse. So like if you go down and you actually see him on specific dates, you know he would have different dialogue. So there were people yeah. who were constantly going back and popping the game in and playing it, and it just made replayability fun with that, depending on when. Um, and then you also like like Brian said, you you have the just crazy ending. Of uh, of just Joker dying, but even going back as far farther back of like just the reveal of like Joker, like how you're introduced to Joker in this game. Just well, he period. puts his blood in you. Yeah, puts his blood in you, which was like okay, that's a little gross, buddy. But you know, I mean, it's just I don't know. It's it, they make it seem like he's okay. Like like you hear the yeah. goons talking and everything, and and Harley's talking and everything. Face. Yeah, and then like yeah, you find out it's kind of a bait and switch, and like Joker's super fucked up. And he's dying and everything, and he puts the blood in you, and then you you got to go see Mr. Freeze, hence the Mr. Freeze stuff, which was just, I, I, honestly, that's my favorite part of the game probably is the Mr. Freeze stuff. It's Super really good. good. Hmm. But yeah, ending, crazy, crazy. Uh, I was like, did they actually I was shocked they killed him? him. I'm like, he's not actually dead, right? I was mad, though, my first time. Now I'm like, this is really well done. The first time, though, I was like, it literally just, there's no exposition, which the, that's, the, that's the problem with that game. It has no exposition. But... It literally just ends with him walking out with Joker, and then the game just ends. Like, he yeah, walks like, out. He, and he, just he gives it to Gordon, and Gordon's like, what happened? Game over. Yeah. yeah. But then you do have you do have the Harley Quinn DLC, which we don't need to go into, but the Harley Quinn DLC does give a little bit more there, not too much. That's good to hear, because I, just, played, I yeah. haven't played that part, guys. Well, I was going to say, uh, Arkham City also does introduce Robin for the first time in the Arkhamverse. Yes. Yes, um, introduces Azrael, I think I'm saying his name right, yep. who shows up again at night. Um, but yeah, in the in the Harley Quinn DLC, you get to play as Robin a little bit. It's about a two to three hour DLC. You get to play as Robin a little bit in Batman, and what and basically Harley Quinn and trying to get revenge for Batman killing Joker. She captures Batman, and then Robin has to go save him. It's, it's kind of fun, but nice. Uh, I can't it, wait to it's play. It's implied. That. It's basically the biggest thing it does is it implies that Batman's mental health is not well when you finish it and well, then because when, when you start arkham knight that becomes more apparent 
Yeah. Let's talk about my elephant in the room for a moment because okay. I don't want to talk about it anymore past this. The Riddler stuff. So, guys, the reason why I haven't played that DLC is because I will not let myself do it because I want to get all the Riddler trophies first to get that little scarecrow like little cutscene you get at the end of Arkham City, right? So my plan was to originally do that, get all the trophies, and then do that. Well, I had done, like last year when I was playing all through this, I had done the two Telltale games. I did all of Arkham Asylum, 100% of it. Then I went into City and was doing as much as I could, and I got to that part, and I did a bunch of them. But then I was like, I just got burnt out of the Riddler stuff. And Brian has told me that in Arkham Knight, he's going to talk about this now so we don't have to talk about this during that, but in Arkham Knight... You have to do that to literally beat the game, technically, correct? To get the final cutscene, yeah. Fucking it actually atrocious. is the ending, yeah. Fucking atrocious. I can't even remember now. Were the Riddler trophies in Origins? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I don't remember that now. They're yeah. done a little differently, but I think they're similar to... Do you want to go into Origins now? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Um, yeah. Arkham Origins is the underrated, like out of left field game because there's people nowadays that say Arkham Origins is the best of the Batman Arkham games and it makes a lot of sense honestly it's the it's Fallout not New my... Vegas of Batman games what's that it's the Fallout oh, yeah, New Vegas absolutely. of the Batman because here's the thing here's the, the thing that Ar- Arkham Origins did a lot of good it it's uh first of all the boss battles are incredible they're actually good you so have, good you have Killer Croc you have two Bane battles you have uh Deadshot Oh, or, or not, Death, I'm sorry. You, know, you do have Deadshot, actually, but Deathstroke, yeah, Deathstroke is, is in there. Oh, like shit. Uh, amazing boss battles. Um, the voice actor they get for a younger Batman is on point. The voice actor they get for a younger Joker is on point. It's Troy mm-hmm. Baker. Um, they introduce the Joker, and it, his introduction is very well done. There's this awesome mm-hmm. scene where you get to go back and play as the Joker as the original Red Hood. Um, amazing. So amazing boss Forgot battles. Forgot about that. It tells a great origin story. And come to think of it, now that I, now that we're talking about this, Arkham Origins has, to me, the the best ending of any oh, of, of the Batman games. All that shit with like Bane invading the the Batcave and everything, yeah, blew my and then, mind. And then you get to the, I think the very ending is where you 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 come up to Joker in a church, and it just lets you punch the shit out of his that face, one, and one. he's he's laughing, and it's amazing. Also, I'm guessing you haven't played it, Josh. The DLC campaign for Origins is really good. It's Mister Freeze. Oh, I did play that. Yes, I did. Oh, you did? Nice. Yes, did okay, nice. That. Yeah, that you was, get to play good. as Bruce That's Wayne yeah. inside of Wayne Manor as, and and has to escape and you fight Freeze. And um, basically, um, character-wise, story-wise, boss battle-wise, ending-wise, Origins is incredible. It has two major flaws. The biggest flaw I would say that most people would agree with is that it mostly reuses the same city and a lot of assets as Arkham City. The game was given to another team. I think it says it takes place quicker. in Gotham, correct? But they, but it, it uh, takes place in Gotham. But basically, what it is is it's most of City's area, but before it's walled off, so it's still Gotham, and then a bridge leading over to a couple new areas to make it seem like a complete Gotham. But it really just mostly feels like City little reused. Little copy paste there. Yeah. Um, so that's the biggest negative. And then the second negative is um, I. When it launched, especially, I think a couple still persist, but it had a lot of bugs when it launched. Okay. Like people falling through the world, their saves being corrupted. I think there's a couple still, because I remember playing it like a year ago or something, I think, and I think there's a couple bugs still, but a little buggier, so it wasn't as polished, and it was reusing stuff. But man, also, 
they changed the aesthetic, which is kind of interesting for Arkham Origins. They don't use the same aesthetic like palette that was used for the other Arkham games. So some people have said, I, I won't say this. I think I still prefer, I definitely still prefer uh, Rocksteady's. Um, but some people prefer the aesthetic of Arkham Origins. It's more mm. colorful. It's a little brighter. Um, also, I'm going to mention this now because I'll forget it because I literally have nothing to say about it. Um, Arkham Origins did come with a multiplayer mode where it's kind of like the Predator mode. I never Somebody play plays it. as... I played it like once just to try it out, but somebody plays as Batman or Robin, and then the rest of the people play as thugs, and you got to try to thugs got to try to beat Batman. It was a neat idea, but it was obviously kind of kind of tacked on. It wasn't even done. It wasn't done by Rocksteady or WB Montreal. It was done by Splash Damage, who uh, I'm trying to think of. They did a lot of other projects, but um, basically, Arkham Origins. Don't want to sleep on that one. Amazing story, boss battles, characters. I love that game. I think it's just as valid as the other Rock City games. I like it more than Arkham Knight, which we'll get to in a bit. Josh, what do you think about Arkham Knight? Man, yeah, I don't have as much to say because I'm a bit fuzzy on it, but I re- that's honestly, narratively, that's my favorite one by far. It's really good. Overall, it's still Asylum, but oh my God. Oh, well, actually, Josh, God. I should probably clarify the, sure. the, the, the story that I didn't even touch on it. The story that it sets up is that Black Mask has hired, I think, six assassins on Christmas night to take out Batman. Mm-hmm. So, and then it, it's excuse, the excuse for civilians not being out in the street is that they're all holed up in their homes and Christmas night or whatever. Uh, yeah, but, we see. But yeah, anyways, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. No, yeah, no, no, you're fine. Yeah, uh, I, I love that one so much. I thought, I, I, everything with the characters, like the Brian to the boss fight with Killer Croc was awesome. Deathstroke's one was awesome. Um, and it just the stuff with Bane, I was like, holy shit. I like it had a theatrical feel to it by the end of the story. I was just like yep. so enamored with it and sucked up by it. Like him just crashing in there and it just fucking Bruce Wayne up and everything. And even Alfred at that point, I remember I was like, is he dead? Did they kill Alfred? You know, it was just crazy. And then pummel him uh, Joker at the end of it. Super fun. Uh, Brian had prefaced me uh, before I even started that game about the reused assets. So I was like, I was fine with that. But I'm sure I could I could see why that bothered a lot of people. Um, I didn't really care for like the side quest in that one as much. Um, the the biggest it's interesting that was the last game that I played on my 360. That was the last game I played on. Oh it. really? And it's cool. I, I did it because it's not BC. It still isn't backwards compatible to this day. I've heard rumors that Xbox may still try to go back and do some stuff with certain well, it's games. Well, BC. It's just you have to have the. Digital. Oh, that's right. That's right. My mistake. Yeah. So it's not digitally available. Correct. Yeah. It's not digitally. Yeah, available. I wish it would be digitally games. available, and I also wish they they. I don't need a. Actually, I would be completely satisfied with this a digitally available 360 one. No, but I Return want to Arkham. The Return to Arkham. Yeah. Uh, they should have included Origins. That game yes. deserves. Should it. have been. Should have been in there. Should have been in there. I get it's a different developer, but goddamn it, just love it all. Love it all. Love all your children. Yeah. Yes. Put them all. Put it in there. That game was a damn blast. Honestly, I don't even know now if I was to do like a replay if I would do it chronologically. But when I did, when I had my Renaissance last year, I just started with Asylum. Because it was like two or three years prior that I had played Origins, so it was still kind of relatively fresh yeah. for me. But great, great game on to Arkham Knight. Uh, moving on to Arkham Knight, I want to preface guys by so Arkham Knight. You know, any of you who have played it or, or, or know about the discourse will probably know that Arkham Knight is the least, generally, universally least liked Batman game. It's the final Batman game we got by Rocksteady, or just in general at this time. Um, so most people were disappointed with it. Most people put it down on their list. But one thing I will I will say right off the rip, I want to make sure I touched on is Batman Arkham Knight, if this game had been released as Rocksteady's first outing to Batman, it would have been seen as a monumental effort, a, a 10 out of 10, a masterpiece. 
it would have been seen as something that people talked about forever because Arkham Knight is an extremely well-made game, extremely well-done game that represents Batman very well. It's just the thing is, by the time we got to Arkham Knight, we had already had three other Arkham games that, in my personal opinion, and many others, were better. They were better because, I mean, Arkham Arkham Asylum had a better a better atmosphere and story and Origins had a better story and boss battles and City had... Um, it was just kind of the complete package of kind of marrying all those things together. And Knight really just kind of struggled in a lot of areas. But um, Knight is still a fantastic game. Josh hasn't played... You haven't played it at all yet, right? No, no, I haven't. I'm excited for you to play it. And I can almost see... I'll now call that, it streaming I, it. Now that I've heard you talk about... Um, what was the thing you said earlier that bothered you about City? Mm. The rushed oh, oh, yes, exposition? You get to explore the entirety of Gotham and Arkham. Oh, Arkham, yes. Which that's going to be big for you. Hell yeah. Uh, and also, being a fan of Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, I mean, I think you're going to like having the Batmobile. I think you're going to be like the most of us where we're like, oh, it's too much Batmobile. But I think you're going to like... The thing about Arkham Knight is it almost is the perfect Batman simulator. Like yeah. it's almost, and I think they even marketed as that once. I think Rocksteady says something like they want to make you feel like the Bat because in Arkham Knight you can do more as Batman than any Batman prior. You have the Batmobile, you have all of his full move list, you have the entire Gotham City, you have more gadgets than ever. They make they add on like a bunch of different little tweaks for like you know how the combat of the Arkham games was already good, but in Arkham Knight they add like environmental stuff where it's like. This henchman's underneath a light. You can grab the light and put it down on his head. Stuff oh, like that. Oh, nice. That's There's cool. even a part where like you're trying to get a thug to talk, and he won't talk. So you bring the Batmobile up and put the tire above his head, <laughs> and you start revving the engine, and you're like, tell me or I'll crush your head. Like, I mean, it makes you feel like the Batman, and the production value is through the roof. The game feels like it took $27 billion to make. It's beautiful. I just played it yesterday, and it still looks better than games coming out today, in my opinion. And it uh, doesn't even have, I think it only has a 1X enhancement. It might not even have that. Yeah, it does not have any kind of uh, Series X, Series S Which is just wild. Game's phenomenal, plays well. Um, the story of Night, I think, is pretty good. Um, you know, the gameplay is great, uh, but... On to the criticisms. Obviously, the biggest criticism is not only do you have to use the Batmobile way too often in the game, the Batmobile can transform into a tank, which shoots cannon bullets, but their whole thing is all of the things are... So if you're shooting at another vehicle, they're always unmanned because they don't want Batman to kill. So they're always unmanned. So there's a lot of robot tanks you got to fight, which doesn't seem very Batman-esque. It gets old quick. And then if you happen to shoot a Fight thug... Fight robots, 2015, 2016. Yeah. If you happen to shoot a thug with a Batmobile, it's using uh, knockout rounds. So you're shooting literal cannon rounds out of your Batmobile these are, going down the street into a thug's people. face. I have to knock them out. And they're not dead. They're just knocked out. So they just got way too overzealous with the Batmobile. I mean, you even have to do a little bit of platforming over rooftops with a Batmobile. It's just oh, wow. it's awful. Uh, they they bring the Batmobile into cutscenes and and stuff that doesn't need to be. There's different. There's like this whole thing with using a wench to destabilize energy with it. Just way too much Batmobile. What? A yeah. lot of the Riddler trophies are based around using the Batmobile. It is Batmobile the game. It's way too much. And as I said earlier, technically there's no boss battles in this game. The only boss battles in this game are where you fight a boss who is in a vehicle and you are in the Batmobile. There is no playing as Batman, getting to punch and beat up Bane or or Arkham Knight or anything like that. 
Uh, it's literally just Batmobile stuff. So does it have they a got way too carried away with the Batmobile. What's that? Does it have a satisfying ending, like conclusion to everything? I would, if I have to say yes or no, I'm going to say yes. Okay. But you know the nuanced answer is it's kind of. Do you want spoiled or no? I can't. I don't remember. mind. It's been okay. It's well, been long enough. The nuanced answer is it's kind of, basically the whole. To, to, I'm going to gloss over everything, guys. For you, gloss you over know, these those nuts, of Brian. you that know. What's that? Gloss over these nuts, Brian. Oh man, it's like a glazed <laughs> donut. That's disgusting. <laughs> Got him! Oh, man. Um, anyways, moving on from that, it's kind of hard. Uh, oh, man, hard glazed donut. <laughs> um, to make a long story short, basically, um, a combination of Batman having Joker's blood and the fear toxin and everything, over the course of the game, Batman is worried that he's going to turn into the Joker. He's going to become like the Joker. And his worst fear is being like the Joker. And as the game goes on and you fight Scarecrow, and I mean, you already know this, right? Joke, Joker's in the entirety of Night. You know that, right? right? As a as a image in your head. That That's about one of the only things I know aside from the twist. Yeah. yeah so, but basically, in the end, Batman in the defeats end. his defeats his greatest fear, and in and in turn defeats fear itself, and defeats Scarecrow and saves Gotham City and, and removes Joker from his mind forever, and then. And so that's kind of like, that's kind of cool. Like, that's where I'm kind of on board with the ending is like, he defeats fear itself. He saves Gotham. But then there's the whole thing where he, like, he has to, during the course of the game, he pretty much has to reveal that he's Bruce Wayne. Oh. So what he does is he, at the very end of the game, after saving Gotham, cameras are surrounding Wayne Manor and he walks into Wayne Manor as Bruce Wayne. And as soon as he walks through the front door, his entire house explodes into bits and it's implied that Bruce Wayne, therefore Batman, is dead. You don't see Batman anymore. You don't see Bruce Wayne. Is that the Joker? Or I'm sorry, is that the Riddler ending? No, that's the... No, then the Riddler ending is... That's what I'm saying. Is like it's it's not worth the time investment for the Riddler. So the Riddler ending is like... I don't even know if it's a full minute. It might be like 30 seconds. It's like some people walking down an alleyway and there's like a, a someone tries to attack them and then suddenly out of the shadows a, new, a, bat, a sort of Batman comes down and attacks them. But it's not clear if it's Batman or someone oh, else taking it. Man, it makes me want to watch it on YouTube, but I just need to play the game. Yeah, it's, it's, like I guess I'd lean towards it's good, but, you know, it's not perfect. But mm. yeah, through the whole game, you know, some of my main issues other than the Batmobile is, you know, like if you've noticed from play, if you played all the Arkham games, Arkham Asylum, the combat's pretty basic. You know, you punch with X, you Y to counter. And when you unlock some combo moves, you can press like A and B at the same time and it'll take out a guy. I love to use the B for stunning people. If they had the electro stats yeah, or whatever. Stuck. Oh, it's well, the Then you get to City and stuck, they stuck, add stuck. more to it. When you get to City, they add more to it. They got um, where you can stun and then punch super fast over and over and over again. The pummeling. I love the pummeling. Yeah, the pum- I, love, pummeling. I love the TikToks got, and memes uh, I see it from those. Shielded guys, knife guys, they add to it. And then you get to, I know in Origins, they add like, I don't know if it's Origins, they add like electrified guys. I know they have stun batons in earlier games, but they keep adding on stuff. Well, by the time you get to Knight, they now add guys that charge you, guys that pick you up, guys that have the shields. I mean, big guys, small guys. They just add so many different guys to the combat flow. Batman keeps putting my, them down and more keep rising up. In my personal opinion, when you get towards the end of night, combat encounters have so many different... This is the And not to get on this topic, Josh, that's one of the reasons why I had a problem with um, Shadow of, of War. Is that right? Am I saying it right? The sequel yeah. to Shadow of War, mm-hmm. Shadow of War, because they add so many different um, kinks to the uh, the armor of combat. You know, you got 
guys doing the knife stuff, guys doing all this stuff that it gets a little bit, it takes some of the fun out of it. Because I remember when I'm playing Asylum or even City, you know, I can do, I can get really good at it. Combat flow and take everybody out. But there's just one too many different things to remember and press in, in Knight. So that was a, a problem for me. Um, and then, yeah, having to do all the Riddler trophies to get the final ending, you know, no boss battles, the Batmobile. Also, I really was a fan of all the indoor environments in the Asylum games, like going indoors and... and, and Likewise. And Linearity of that actually uh, wasn't something when uh, the first couple hours playing it that I thought I was going to like long term, but by the end of it, I was like, this is actually why I liked the game. Yeah, there's barely any indoor sections at night. It's almost all Well, and it makes it eerie in Asylum, too, we didn't mention, but like when you go back in certain areas that you already explored and you just see like Joker teeth. You know, like the the yeah. chopping teeth on the ground. It's like yeah. something's been here. It's like that implied narrative of yeah, you know this this place. I liked, yeah, Go I just ahead. feel like I feel like the narrative was able to be a lot tighter before they opened it up to because because Arkham Knight is a true open world game. Arkham City was not open world. It was it was implied. Oh, it was open a diet version. Was, yeah, it was like a diet version. Yeah, but Arkham Arkham Asylum or Arkham Knight, it also incorporates like typical side quests. So if you know in like Asylum or City or whatever, side quests were more like. Go here on your map, and like there's a Mad Hatter thing, you know, like you were talking about in City. But uh, uh, Knight makes it much more like typical side quests. Like you have a menu, and it's like, here's your Penguin side quest, here's your Two Face side quest, here's your um, Riddler side quest. So you can choose where the side quests are at any time, and there's like most of them have like five five quests. Like so, if you go to a Penguin, you'll have five Penguin quests. If you go to Two Face, you have five of them. So. But it's, I don't know, the production value is so high. You know, Batman's never felt better to control. The Batmobile itself, they nailed it as far he, as using it. It's just that you use it too much. What's did they do anything, like, love interest-wise with, like, Batman and Catwoman or not really? In my in my memory, I mean, you Catwoman's in the game, and technically she's playable, but she's, like, more of, like, a Riddler novelty where, like, the Riddler has her, she, the Riddler puts her in a cat collar that has explosives on it. Okay. And you have to, like, do Riddler stuff to save her. And she flirts with you, and you can play at, play as her during those segments. But I don't know. I don't really think there's too much love okay. interest stuff going on there. Um, Nightwing's in the game. Yeah. Cool. Dope. Azrael's in the game. Cool. You have You get to actually... I know Oracle's been there since um, Asylum, right. but you actually get to see her as a good actual good. character. Yeah. Um, the DLCs, I've only played them once, and it was so brief that it's hard for me to remember, but some of the DLCs are cool. You get to play as... Uh, Jason Todd's Red Hood with the pistols in one of the DLCs. You get to play as Barbara Gordon before she loses her legs, um, as uh, Batgirl. Some cool DLC stuff. So dope. It's a really great game. It's really polished. It's just got a lot of flaws, and the other Batman games make it pale in comparison, but... It's a great time, Josh. I don't know. Do you want to say anything about it? I know you haven't played it, but yeah, no. I've always been interested to play it. I mean, honestly, it looks like one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen from uh, from the outside looking in, at least. Um, and yeah. I thought I I know the twist now. Brian had told me a few years. Oh, the back, twist! But, I didn't even uh, touch on the twist. You 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 see coming before the game even came out. You everyone thought that was what was going to happen, and it did. It was, and it and it's kind of takes it kind of takes you out of the experience a little bit when you're you're playing as Batman. And like, not only did you already think that the Arkham Knight was actually Jason Todd, the second Robin, before you started playing. But as you play the game, it becomes more and more obvious by the things the Arkham Knight says. And Batman continues to go, uh, Alfred, search the database for this. So we got to find out who this guy is. And it's like, Batman, you're the greatest detective in the world. And it's obviously Jason Todd. And and it really pissed people off because Rocksteady came out before the game came out. And they said, it is not Jason Todd. It's a new character. And then it was Jason Todd. <laughs> so they, lied. they literally lied. 
But anyway, I kind of don't sorry. blame him, but at the same time, yeah, it's poor, poor decision. They should have just have not acknowledged that at all. I don't know. Yeah. But now, yeah, I definitely can't wait to play that game someday. Looks beautiful. Uh, can't wait to see it conclude. Um, I definitely will not do the Riddler trophies on that. So, uh, But uh, yeah, the DLC stuff the sounds cool. The costumes uh, that they came out with was pretty cool because I, I, the ones they did in like Arkham City, was, it was real fun to get some of those and try yeah. those out. But, like, man, the, it, not only in the base game, but also in the DLC season pass shit, like, damn, that Arkham City do it up. And I think even, yeah. like, last year we got a new costume. I think it was yeah. crazy. Crazy. 2020. It, <laughs> it's really funny how, how things, like, the time frames and perception works out. Because, like, the conversation, a lot of times Spider-Man gets brought up in the conversation now. The, the Insomniac Spider-Man game. A lot of people will be like, Insomniac Spider-Man game was so much better than Arkham Knight. And I think that's a fair that's a fair thing to say. But I think if Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man had come out in 2018 like it did and then 2019 arkham knight if if okay if if arkham knight was the first arkham game and it came out after spider-man this is a personal opinion i think it would have been unanimous people would have thought arkham knight was better than spider-man i'm not saying that it is oh interesting i'm just saying that so many of knight's problems was just the expectation from playing arkham games prior because if you think about if you try to remove the games prior you think if arkham knight was the first one you'd be like okay wow Amazing combat. Uh, Batman plays and just like I'd expect, you know, he can glide anywhere. You got all of Gotham City. You got his whole rogues gallery. You've got Oracle, uh, uh, Nightwing. You've got Robin. Um, You have uh, what's his name? The guy, the the guy from Breaking Bad's playing Gordon in this one, which was he's Brian Cranston. No, um, the Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad. I don't know his actual actor name. He's he's the bald guy that worked for the for. uh, Giancarlo Esposito. You okay. probably don't know what that okay. is. But anyways, I do not. <laughs> um, super high production value. The Batmobile is so much fun when you do use when you you know when you first start and you, you don't get tired of it. It just the game's so polished and it's a perfect Batman experience. So I just feel like if it came out and it was the only Arkham game, people would have been like 10 tens across the board. And what's actually really cool, you know, since we're a Halo podcast, I mentioned this. Somebody asked Marcus Leto like two or three months ago. Marcus Leto, the creator of Master Chief, father of Master Chief. What was one of his favorite games he played that 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 wasn't Halo? And he said, "I really loved Arkham Knight." I was like, "Nice, That's cool. nice." That's cool. I wonder if he. And I thought to myself, as a dick, I thought to myself, "Like, has he played the prior ones? They're a lot better, you know." <laughs> but it's like, I think Knight really just it it just suffers from a combination of expectations and the fact that there's there's games prior. But it is a really phenomenal game. Josh, do you want to briefly cover our thoughts on Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and then the Batman trailer, and we'll get out of here? Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. Um. Did you watch the f- new footage for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League? I have not. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I thought Got you were going to prepare for this episode. Okay. No, uh, I did for the... Did you watch the, the Batman trailer? I did for the Batman stuff, okay. yes. Even that's though I know matters. that's still got some Batman stuff in it. You know... No, that's what matters. But, that's okay. No, that's okay. I don't have much to say about the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League trailer. Personally, um, they're going to have to do more to win me over, because currently right now I'm not buying Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Not only did I not interested... you're talking. What's that? You're gonna watch it? You said I'm gonna watch it while you're talking. Okay. Not only am I not particularly interested in a Suicide Squad game, Kill the Justice League is a really uninteresting idea for me personally. This is just my my uh, my takes on it now. You know, I could have my mind changed, but I don't know. I'm not really interested. In it. It's set in the same world as the Arkham games, but it doesn't seem like That's it's so Arkham much Asylum. to me. 
What's cool about this new trailer that Josh is watching right now is it actually does harken back to Arkham Asylum in its opening to, to clarify that it's connected. So this Harley um, Quinn's this, that same Harley Quinn. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same. It takes place after Batman has quote unquote died. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. My favorite part of this trailer, which I won't spoil, but is, is the end of the trailer with Penguin. That was kind of funny. I okay. But yeah, it, it looked like that. there was, what the hell? King Shark was putting on a hat. <laughs> like That was goofy looking. Yeah. Um, didn't this have like a Green Lantern in it too and shit? Yeah, Green I mean, I know it's Justice up. League stuff, yeah. but yeah. Wow, yeah. this definitely looks interesting. What's so, interesting is that Wonder Woman is not shown to be taken over by... So Brainiac takes over the Justice League. That's why they got to kill the Justice League. But Wonder Woman oh. is not shown. And obviously Batman is not shown because he's technically supposed to be dead. But I could see Batman showing up in this game, honestly. It's a surprise. Gameplay-wise, what is this type of game? Is it third-person? It's a third-person uh, shooter is what I've heard. A third-person shooter? Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of like Batman except controlling a gun, using a gun. You know? Okay. Well, I mean, it definitely looks like they're trying to capitalize off the Suicide Squad movies, which... Oh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Which, oh, yeah. Superman, there's Flash. Okay, shit. That, yep. Oh, Green Lantern. Oh, oh, that looks cool. Okay. Oh, I think that was Wonder Woman. That looked like her for a split second. I don't but, think um, she's in the trailer. I could be wrong. Look like her deflecting the uh, the bullets and everything. She's like, ching, ching, ching. Okay, but you might be right. Somebody said seconds. she wasn't there. But, um... No, I mean, this is interesting that it's supposed to take place in the same universe. It kind of doesn't look like it to me. It doesn't feel look like it at all. And I, this just is not what I wanted as a follow-up to Night at all. But No. I, I, I got to, gotta, you know, I got to let it come out. I wasn't there rumors for the longest time that we were going to be getting a Superman game by Rocksteady? No, no, for a little while, that was a rumor. Not that long. What's funny is the rumor for literally half a decade was that WB Montreal, after Origins, was working on a Suicide Squad game. Do you remember the final cutscene from Origins? I don't. What was it? They introduced the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I don't remember that so, at all. Like, we thought the WB Montreal was working on it, but it was actually Rocksteady. So. Rocksteady was like, can you guys just kind of plant this seed for us, and we will yeah, sell the... I don't know if that was planned or not, but crazy. Interesting. Oh, yeah, there was Wonder Woman there. Okay, I've seen her. Okay, wow. Well, I get barely, what I was reading online. Yeah, then. very little, though. Very, very little. But I don't know. Okay, I was about to show this penguin thing you were talking about, I think. What the hell is he doing? He's waddling out. He's running right now. Oh, they just, <laughs> they just stunned him. Do you What's have volume that? on Josh or no? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, well, yeah, that's what it takes. Or no, I do wait. have it. I do have it a little bit. Okay. Just really. Well, Amanda Waller's like, did I get him? And they're like, no, no, he's still running. And he's just laying there, and they just electrocute him again. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. good. Um, that's pretty good. But I'll give it. I'll give it a fair. I'll, I'll wait for the reviews and impressions. I'm not going to buy it day one. I'm not. I, right now, I don't plan to buy it at all. I'm not really interested. But if 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 the if it's good, if people say it's good and, and really get some good press, let's I'll see some buy. gameplay. I'm getting tired yeah. of seeing cinematic cutscenes to get me hyped um, on video games. I don't. That's my new sarcastic voice I've been doing. I, I, I know. Right. At that. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to touch on this because I didn't watch. I'm not going to touch on this because I don't. I didn't care about it. I didn't even watch the gameplay or whatever. Right. I don't care about. But the other the other game is the Gotham Knights game, which takes place using. What's the gameplay? Uh, what's crazy about Gotham Knights, dude? Is it also takes place after Batman has died, but it's not set in the Arkhamverse. It makes no sense. So this is no like sense. the Gears of War four and Halo four, like those that series where it's just like it, it's unnecessary in some ways to some degrees. A lot of you people oh, out yeah. there are like, hold on, Josh. But no, I'm just I'm just trying to say like the you know that, the, Halo the third, four and Gears four are actual canon. God, the God third has a conclusive not. ending, and then they yeah. start to come up with plots to kind of keep it going forward, yeah. which isn't a bad thing. That's but what happens that's when what there's success, is. right? Yeah, that's what. Uh, but Josh, to close out this podcast, what are our thoughts on the new The Batman trailer featuring uh, Robert Pattinson and directed by Matt Reeves and also Zoe Kravitz as? Man, before we talk about that, let's talk about the Flash one. Did you see the Flash one? Oh well, that's not really a bad. Well, I guess he's in it. So oh I my gosh, Brian, it's still technically a Batman thing. Still 
Uh, I was going to say it wasn't, but he's in it. He's in the trailer, so yeah. Uh, the Flash movie, I I don't care because I don't care about The Flash. <laughs> nice. Well, I, well okay, Batman's so, in it, so that's cool. Yeah, uh, Michael Keaton. I want to see Michael is Keaton. In it. Michael Keaton. Yeah, I'm going to see the movie for Batman. We, we see the the, the, the the cow, the classic cow, which is just phenomenal to see. Goosebumps. Yeah, uh, that was neat. Then you see, you know, yeah. And then you see uh, Batflex cowl in there. Which is awesome that he's going to be in it. Yeah. I wonder. Well, I wonder what they're going to do with this. I wonder what the agenda is here because it's like, okay, so that was like pretty much supposed to be wrapped up. Like we knew we, it was supposed to be wrapped up with like Zack Snyder's Justice League, but we also knew that supposedly Affleck would be in this film. But it's like, okay, is this kind of wrapping up something with his character, or are they like trying to use this as a, another backdoor pilot or something? Like, what's going to be the narrative? Like, what's his significance to this film going to be? Because it's almost like a victory lap for Bruce or for uh, for Batfleck, so I'm wondering like narratively what they're gonna do. I'd love to see him again, and uh, but mostly Michael Keaton. I'm excited for, and I if he can just reference at least Selena Kyle. I mean, by all means, give me Michelle Pfeiffer again, walking around arm in arm with uh, with Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne. But I know that's too much. Just at least just. Oh, just mention her a little bit. Give me a little tease that they, you know they 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 had some happy times together. Because you know there's that tease at the end of the movie, a Batman Returns, where like you see her looking up. That's not even Michelle Pfeiffer in that shot. That was like something they did after like photography, principal photography, and all that. But like that shot of her looking up at the bat signal, and I'm like, she's alive. Batman three coming at you soon. And then we got Mich- uh, Nicole Kidman, and I was like, eh. but. Batman Forever is like the sexiest Batman film we have. It had that 90s like sex appeal like encapsulate. I love that. But anyway, I'm rambling. Uh yeah, Brian, what's your thoughts on Rob Pat's Batman? Um well, it's good. My thoughts are good. Um I think the movie looks like it's going to be a good movie. Uh I think it was a good trailer. Uh yes, yeah, a lot of good being thrown plot. around. What's that? Yes, a lot of good being thrown around. You're like yeah, well, it's good. I guess okay, let me just trailer. come around and say it. Um here's my struggle right now. Once again, I'm seeing the hyperbole out there, and it's just kind of irritating me a little bit because uh-huh. basically yes. the same thing happened last time this was revealed. So this trailer came out. Everyone on my Twitter feed is just like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Holy shit. This is <laughs> the best ever. Masterpiece? I think so. And I'm just like. Guys, oh, we got to stop I, I need, throwing around the word masterpiece. We have to I need to the stop. gif that you do, Josh. Just pump the brakes. Pump yeah. the brakes. So I'm yeah. like, guys, guys. Okay, seriously, like, we've had some great Batman media in the past that is genuinely good that's going to take some real work to actually surpass, and we've also only seen a total of, I don't know, between the first trailer and the second one, a minute and a half to two minutes of the Pattinson one. Uh, Matt Reeves has a, I think he has a decent track record, but it's not like he's also the best director in the world. Um, And it looks good, but, you know, I just, I don't know, I'm not really a fan of this, like, jumping on the masterpiece oh my i was I can't just gonna say like you know shit, what i you know? hate that that's such a thing now in modern pop culture it's like if people subjectively love a film wholeheartedly it's a masterpiece to them and it's just like well they haven't even seen the film yet though <laughs> well i know if they're excited about a film if yeah. it's a, if it's uh if, if they enjoyed the film they've seen if the video game was to them just it really got to them emotionally People don't want to look at the nuanced aspects of a video game. They don't want to take time to critique something they really, really loved. And that makes sense, but it's also good to balance that out. However, what I do get, what I do get is people in the moment coming out of a movie, coming out of a video game, like literally just in the moment being like, 
that might be the best game I ever played. That might be the uh, that might be my favorite movie in the trilogy. <laughs> Things like that make sense to me because you're coming off the high. But it's the long term thing where people are like, "This just is a like masterpiece." People, Jesus Christ, come on! Just like when people come out of playing the Halo Infinite Flight and they're like, "I think this is my favorite Halo game ever." Okay, I'm like that shut was a little up. That was a little too soon. That was a little too. You soon. are huh? being ridiculous. Yeah. Stop yourself. You're look. You're making yourself look stupid. You're basically <laughs> playing a demo of one aspect of a game. That's not even fully released yet, let alone fully like... You're playing a vertical slice of a vertical slice. Ah, it makes me want And you're now that. saying that it's better than the entire legacy of everything you played over the last 20 years. It's just hyperbole. I get no, the enthusiasm. No, I get it. I really, really... Yeah, I, we get it. And, and, and again, I... Because we've been there when we were I, younger. Absolutely. And there's still yeah. moments where I'll come out... Like I said, I'll come out of a cinema and I'll be like, I think that's my favorite one. Or I, or like I'll finish playing a game like Last of Us 2 and I'm like, that. I think that might end up going down in my top 10 games of all time. You know? But it's it's in that moment. But that's that's for me is like how... I, I know a lot of people, that's how you process like how good you feel about it. But it's like yeah. the word masterpiece whether something's already been out or whether something's like about to come out it's it's losing its meaning because people are just throwing it around like it's hotcakes absolutely and look here's another way to look at it Uh, find a way to you there's so much vocabulary out there like let's find a better way to communicate how much you love this film and think it's good without shoving the word down people's throats yeah i mean i think i think the reasonable conclusion from watching this batman trailer is that looks pretty good i mean that was my conclusion i'm like that i mean that looks good like it doesn't sound like christopher walken (laughs) I mean, I just, I just, I don't know why we have to go to these extremes. Like no. that was the best thing I've ever seen, or that was absolute shit. You know, no, it just, it looked pretty good. Um, another, to go off the masterpiece thing, think about this: when the Dark Knight came out, pretty much universal acclaim. People were calling it a masterpiece. People were agreeing it was a masterpiece. Great film. Uh, if you go to the international movie I don't database, think a IMDb, Batman film out of respect but, that says a masterpiece, technically. Well, I know I, I don't. I'm not saying I know that. I'm not inferring but, that. I'm just saying. Uh, if you go to IMDb, Batman: The Dark Knight uh, movie is in the top ten uh, highest rated films of all time. Nice, is, nice. So when you think about The Dark Knight, like you know, there's there's more credibility. You know, now that we've had we had what we have 13 years behind us, mm-hmm. and all this time to think on that movie. It would make more sense to call The Dark Knight a masterpiece now. I'm not saying it is. I actually don't think I would call it a masterpiece either. It makes more sense because we have time. You know, time, it's set. But what's funny is, as time's gone on, now do we suddenly start to see people saying, they see them saying, oh, I don't really like Nolan's films. Batman Begins was actually better, blah, blah, blah. So time is a fickle thing. People said the prequels were garbage. Now they're saying that uh, Revenge of the Sith is by far the best Star Wars film that's ever made. Time, people are fickle and, and time changes things. So let's just pump the brakes on it. But anyways, to get off of that that soapbox, yes. I thought this trailer was pretty good. It looks good. That was I'm excited my bad. I got for it. On that. Um, no, it's cool, man. Um, I think Pattinson playing this like younger Batman who doesn't know how to control himself and just gets pissed and beats the shit out of people. That sounds really awesome to me. I, I we haven't really <laughs> seen that as much in Batman. I like how he looks when he's like the depressed, disheveled uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, he looks like he's yeah. suffering in some way. Zoe Kravitz looks like a great uh, Catwoman. Looks like they're going to have some good chemistry. Yeah. Um, I lo- I think here's the thing I'm most excited for, Josh. Most excited for above all, and I haven't, uh, we didn't even get to see much in the trailer, is, um, oh crap, his name just escaped me, the Riddler. Paul, Paul. Oh, Paul Dano, I think. Paul Dano. Yeah. Paul Dano's performance in several movies, but his performance in the movie Prisoners which was with Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, hmm. and directed by Danny Bell New, who's also doing Dune and did Blade Runner 2049. 
Paul yeah, Dano's performance was fantastic mm-hmm. and is perfectly suited for the Riddler. I think he's going to kill it. I think he's going to be a standout. I, I hope I'm not wrong. I'm really excited. I like that Paul they're Dano. keeping him very close to the chest. Yeah. In, in, yeah, they really are because you barely saw his face at all in that. Yeah. Uh, but the posters and the atmosphere, it all looks great. The Batmobile is very different. I don't know what to think of it yet, but I'm like, it's so different. That's kind of cool that it's something different than we're used to. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited for this movie. Uh, I'm kind of worried about there being the Riddler, Catwoman, and Penguin. I'm just like, don't don't overdo it too much in one film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited. So Who that's, the that's hell what I have to say, is Andy Serkis playing? Is he Alfred? Alfred. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, I can get behind that. He's a young Batman, so younger Alfred. No, I like that actually. The more I think about it, no, it's just yeah. it's it's a bit jarring because it's it is sometimes some like, some celebrities out there are just so recognizable. It's hard to disassociate them from like yeah. You know, that's that. Well, person. that's my thought, and I don't want to talk about this because it's not Batman related, really. But like, that's what I thought on Black Adam. I'm like, I'm just gonna see The Rock at all times. I'm yeah. never gonna see Black Adam. You know, you, The Rock is so iconic. It's gonna the be Rock. a stereotypical Dwayne Johnson experience too. Like, not yeah. trying to hate on Dwayne Johnson, but it's just like no one ever gets one over on him, and if they do, it's not for long. He always makes them look like a punk bitch at the end, and yeah. I'm so jaded on that. It's like, yeah, no, I like, he, I actually think he's super entertaining, but he he is just so he follows the same structure. And it's like yep. he can't, he can't. It's emasculating for him or something. I don't know. It's, I agree. it's so annoying. And he even rapped recently, and it was like the same thing all over again. He got done rapping, and he like thanked. One take. I was like, okay. One take, and he thanked Tech Nine, and he always does that. He, like every time he he's on screen, he's like, I just want to thank everybody. Everybody's so great, and and then he'll do some low key thing where he's like bringing himself up, but he's like deflecting it. Exactly, dude. That's exactly. What, I swear to God, that's what he does. Again, super entertaining guy, uh, super charismatic. Uh, I enjoy his movies. It's just, goddamn, I'm tired of seeing the same structure and also just the, the, yeah, pat himself on the back. All the pat time. himself on the back. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's it's. Fragile masculinity there, but, uh, but anyway, little, thoughts, little bit. Your thoughts more on my Batman thoughts on that movie and not Black Adam. Um, I'm <laughs> am excited for it, but I am also in the same boat, guys. Um, I retweeted it when I saw it, um, but I also was like, huh, I like what I'm seeing. I actually think I'll love it, but I don't know how I feel yet. So, but I am hyped, but I also don't want to go out and put out something. And, and just have a hot take. But that's just me. That's just me personally. I am. It's cool to see people getting excited for a Batman film again. I, plus, we're, I, we're all just thirsty amid this pandemic anyway for new stuff. But it's cool. Um, I think Robert Pattinson is great. I had a man crush on him the moment I saw Twilight because I was like, man, the way he dresses and everything, and we're cool. And I was just like, I want to look like him, you know, and everything like that. So I've always like, I've been following his career with great interest, but I haven't seen every movie. I haven't seen Good Times. I haven't seen Lighthouse. You know, there's a lot of stuff I haven't seen. But I like that he went from like Twilight. As much as I enjoy those, I understand where there's it's some. It's weird that I like Robert Pattinson because yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that I like him in. I didn't like Twilight. I didn't understand what was happening in Tenet because I couldn't hear any of the words. Yes, another typecast Christopher Nolan movie. And I also saw um, yes. The Great Lighthouse variety. with him and William Defoe, which kind of creeped me out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. Well, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I, I think after that, I like that uh, after the Twilight films, um, that he went to kind of like sort of reboot himself and uh, try to do a lot of indie shit, which is mostly what he's done. And now he's doing this. He looks weird in one shot where he's like banging on the wall of the Riddler in the in the cell. I know, I thought that too. He, he, you see his teeth, right. and I'm like, Ugh. but I'm like, uh, but at I the agree. same time, I'm like, you know what? When you do see him just looking around, like there's one shot where he's just like caked and mudded and everything, and he just looks awesome. And yes, but that one shot, I, I'm glad you brought up because that one shot really was. I was like, man, you look like you look like a meme. Like, you don't look good. 
Yeah, he's he's got some. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But um, but but CGI those teeth or something. I love um, I love that there's Catwoman in there. I love that they're building her up. Um, there is the concern that there is going to be too much going on in this. I, I do agree with Brian. Um, but I love that that's seemingly being a thing in there. But I I don't know. I could see this movie being the kind of thing people like meme. Like I don't want to. That's a whole other tangent. I don't want to do that. But I could see people being like, oh, Edge Lord. You know, uh, depressed yeah. and brooding, uh, Robert or Bruce Wayne. You know, and, and gets swept up by this this girl and Selena Kyle. But me, you know, I, we don't even know anything about her character either. Like what she's doing in this. Like what yeah. this version. She could be Selena working Kyle's with the Riddler. Movie. Exactly. So like, who knows? And she could be worse off mentally than he is. So like, I, I'm just interested to see that dynamic. I think it's cool that they are going for a mentally unstable uh, Bruce Wayne because he's not as like developed. Most of the time, we see Bruce Wayne. He's uh, much more older, which blows my mind. Apparently, I don't know if this is factually true, but I read that Robert Pattinson in this film as Batman is actually older than Christian Bale was when he played Bat- uh, Batman in Batman Begins. Oh, I guess which I can believe that. Blows my mind because That's crazy. But and I guess like I think Christian Bale was like in his mid twenties when he did American Psycho, but yet he looks like he's in his thirties. It just is crazy. I like agree. the dude just never he he just doesn't. Yeah, he look never young. looked young really. Yeah. <laughs> He never does. But um, no, I'm excited. I think for the Penguin thing, I think what they're honestly like someone had pointed this out. I didn't arrive at this independently, but I think like when you see the scene where the car gets flipped because Bat- he thinks he's got Batman. Well, then the Batmobile comes out through the fire and he like crashes into him and just takes the takes the car and flips it over. I wonder if that's going to do something with Penguin to more establish him as Penguin, set up the wobble. Like in this movie, I just get the feeling he's more of a criminal you know, as opposed to like uh, he's really become the penguin. I think we're gonna see yeah. that kind of develop. Penguin could be the sequel. Yeah, yeah, at least part of it, I would think so. Um, but uh, no, I like um, you know we don't really get enough to go off on with Commissioner Gordon, but I like I forget the actor's name, but I like that he's in there. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to see what they do. Like I I, I want to see him and him and Batman kind of bond. I always love love that dynamic. Um, aesthetically, it looks really cool. I think the combat looks so visceral and more than yep, it ever has in a Batman film and honestly that's probably what I'm excited for the most because it's so punishing it's so deadly you know and at one point he shocks the dude on his neck yeah looked awesome uh, I I can't wait to see what they do with this but I'm also wondering like how established is Batman in this universe like how long has he been doing the Batman stuff seems like a couple years at best that's what I'm wondering I think, I think the director said some, said he was channeling the year one which I don't know if that means this is your one or not, but yeah, uh, it's that would I'm make excited sense. for it, guys. I'll definitely be there the first weekend it's out to see it. Yeah, sure. no, I will too. I, I and I hope this does a lot for Robert Pattinson. And I say yeah. that like I like that he's done his indie films. I like that he's been trying to establish himself outside of just commercial pop culture. It's just unfortunately in the industry we're in uh, with with you know Hollywood films and everything, you know. Sometimes that's what's really going to give you more success, and I hope I hope this helps him even be able to stretch out what he wants to do even more. Because I just I I do think he's a talented guy. It's it's another yeah. case of like uh, of Hayden Christensen. And now, guys, you're hearing that, and you're like, Josh, you're being totally biased. I am, I am. But listen, like it's just a case of like some like you watch the Twilight movies, and most people are like those are fucking terrible and stuff like that. Well, that's totally fair, totally fair. But with the right script, with the right movie director, all that kind of stuff. A good actor can really show himself through, you know. And I think Hayden, I've seen him like a few. You guys have seen Shattered Glass. Like he has a r- much better performance in that than you really get to see in the prequels with some of the stilted wooden dialogue. Hayden Christensen as the Scarecrow in the third, the Batman. Oh man, 
<laughs> you know what? I hope this Kenobi stuff goes real well with him and it launches him into doing some new stuff that we get to see. In if he movie. wants that. I wonder if he wants if he that. Wants I feel that. like he's content well, not I heard, I heard, as far as I know, once Star Wars was done, Revenge of the Sith speaking, uh, he got tons of offers to do stuff. Like he went and did Jumper and whatnot. But after that, he met Rachel or somewhere. Or on that movie, he Bilson. met Rachel Bilson. Yeah. They got married. They had kids and all that. And he wanted to just be a dad. Which is really cool. That's cool. So yeah, now yeah, he's like coming that. out for Kenobi. Kenobi. Yeah. But back to Batman. Hey, that movie looks awesome. I love that it's just called the Batman. Yeah. Uh, the music Very that's sweet. in there. It's Poster's all like, cool. Eh, I'm depressed. I got yeah. angst. And yeah, they're really channeling the the um, Nirvana stuff there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they are. Um, the last thing I'll say is, guy, I, the, the, for those of you that love Ben Affleck's Batman, I do feel bad for you guys because it doesn't feel like you ever got a fair, a full fair swing at that Batman. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of moving on quickly. If you think about you 2016, they introduced Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah. We're now ex- almost exact, just a tad over five years later. Again, you know, we went Christ- Christian Bale right into Ben Affleck. Now, whoa, we're into Pattinson. I, I think it's fair for you guys to be sad or upset about that because. Uh, it just didn't. You just didn't get a fair full swing at that. But uh, you let know, me ask you this: I, me personally, I'm ready for it to move on because I was never a huge fan of that era of Batman. But I do feel for you guys. Hypothetically so. speaking, if this Flash movie relaunches, like hits refresh on the DCEU, and we get another Affleck film, we get like it sounds like we might get another Woman Wonder Woman. You know, you know, you know there's already going to be another Shazam, stuff like that. How does that make you feel? If they did a, Affleck it's almost movie? like a soft reset. Um, I mean, I guess if they if they make a good movie, then I'm, of course I'm happy about it. But the thing is, if they if they relaunch it and they get the same kind of criticism they always have, it would have been like, eh, you probably should just left it the Flash. But if they do it well, I mean, I think DC's in this the position they're in is different than Marvel. It's not as good of a position. Marvel. Marvel's so successful, they need to keep doing what they're doing. And I know there's people out there who are going, I'm so sick of Marvel doing the same thing. Well, even if that's true, Marvel needs to keep doing the same thing because it works, it brings people in, it's what we expect. They have to do the same thing. The nice thing about DC is they're not on that same path to success. So DC can really mix it up and do whatever they want and keep it interesting. I fell in love with that Joker movie. I mean, I can't say definitively it's too early still, but like, I watch the Joker and I walk away just stunned. I, I feel like it's a top ten movie for me. It's, it might not be, but I'm just saying. Like I love the Joker film, so they have so much more room to experiment, and I think that's what they have in their court. So yeah, if they want to do that, go for it. Well, I mean, they definitely have it in spades when it comes to the animated films. Their animated films are just oh yeah, they, they got above, Marvel beat above and beyond, easy. better beat. Uh, they, they yeah, they have Marvel beat in that regard. But and for me personally, and most people probably won't agree, but for me, games as well. I, I cherish the Arkham games more than the Insomniac stuff. So which I love the Insomniac stuff. Well, fair enough. I mean, Batman. I still as much as I love Spider Man, Batman. I still the Batman universe I still love over Spider Man stuff. But yeah. I do love Insomniac Spider Man more than any of the Arkham games. But like you said, I understand where you're coming from too. Definitely understand that. But well, yeah, definitely about right, to guys, be an that's exciting. That's a Batman time. episode. I told my wife we only go an hour and a half. Again, here we are coming up on two hours. Josh, <laughs> yes, Batman's your favorite superhero. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Catwoman Mine too. technically, but yeah, Batman. Mine too. Yeah, I, I love Batman. Batman. It's one of those things that it's going to be around for generations. Kid after yeah. you know, our kids are going to love it. It's our about to be an exciting it. time to be a Batman fan again. We're on that cusp of it, and I can feel yeah. it. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Super excited. All right, guys. Well, uh, be sure to let us know either in the comments or on Discord or whatever, Twitter. Let us know what you think of the Batman show or, the, or you know, the, the Suicide Squad stuff. Or if you love the Arkham games or your Batman story, we'd love to hear it. Uh, thank you so much for being here on this oddball episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred. 
Oh, great. More singing right on time. Listen, Bruce. Who's Bruce? It's nothing personal. It's just... I've dated men like you before and you're just not my type. My Never around during the day, only come out at night. Emotionally wounded, dark and brooding all the time. <laughs> Hanging around with clowns. I don't need that in my life. Oh, I love Timmy's Beetlejuice. I'm just not into Gotham City, guys. Well, yeah, we're flawed, but that's what makes us so relatable. I'm just not into guys who can fly. I can fly. The Batwing can fly. Rich boys with gadgets are not my type. What is your type? Kryptonian men are my Just confused, Gotham dudes are the best. We have deep manly voices and insanely red packs. We're Affleck level hot and we're Oprah level rich. With George Clooney level charm and Val Kilmer lips. We work for our powers cause we're self-made men. We didn't just get them from the sun like an entitled alien. Go on one day with me and you'll change your mind. I'm surprised. I'm just